French fried potatoes. One potato, two potatoes, three potatoes, four, five potatoes, six potatoes, seven potatoes, one potato, two potatoes, three potatoes, four, five potatoes, six potatoes, seven potatoes, more. Potatoes. Welcome to the Potato League Podcast with your hosts, Dan and Tom. Thanks, DJ. Thank you, DJ. Uh, welcome to episode 330. Have not posted 329 yet, but I do know that that's where we're at. Ah. Uh, welcome to the Oscars edition. Yeah. So I figured what we'd do, um, we'd kind of blast through what we watch this, because mm-hmm. it's been like three weeks, um, and then uh, maybe pick a couple things that we... Uh, found of note. I looked through yours. I've got, uh, as usual, I have our letterboxed uh, things up. Um, <coughs> we're almost at the point of the year. Oh, uh, odd thing, but did you know now with the letterbox you can change the yes, icon? I saw that. I haven't yeah. played around with it, but I, I saw the tweet. Yeah, I have the horror-faced icon now. It's just the three circles. So I have Jack Skellington, Ghostface, and Jason masks nice. in the three little circles. Super nerdy thing that does absolutely nothing towards the performance of the app. Correct. Yeah, uh, meanwhile, there's a bunch of things, a bunch of actual features I would love uh, to yeah. add that are complete. I still, to this day, I... I it, it boggles me that there's no actual way to make, like, actual diary entries. Yeah. In the diary. It's called a fucking diary. Yep. And you can't make a diary entry. All you can do is review. It's stupid. The only kind of way that is... Uh, which day we last recorded? We last 18th? recorded on the 19th, so okay. you would have... Uh, see, I figured all this out beforehand. Okay. You would have... The first thing you would Stars have watched Born. was A Star is Born. Yeah. Uh, was that your first viewing of Star is Born? First completed viewing, because yeah. I'd watched a good hour of it before, and we had to stop watching it for some reason, and I, I enjoyed it. I just never got back to it, because we were like watching it right before the Oscars, yep. last when it came out. Sure. And then it won, and I'm like, okay, I'll get to that at some point. And then, you know. It did? It didn't, I don't think, I don't, I don't think it won Best Picture, but it was. But it, it won stuff. It won a couple things, yeah. but. So I was like, ah, I'll watch it eventually. And eventually was, you know, two weeks ago. <laughs> now, have you seen any of the other ones? I know I have st- seen the Streisand Christofferson one. Was that the most recent before this one? Yeah, and that okay. was like late 70s. Late 70s, yeah. But that was an HBO one that I remember watching as a kid. Yeah. Don't remember fuck all about it. Right. But. Uh, I've never seen, oddly, well not oddly, uh, I've never seen any of them. And this well, is it is kind of odd, because it's a movie that's been remade now five, four, like times? Four, four times. There are five versions of this film yeah. out there. I mean... You think most of them are old. Yeah, old. most of them are old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Excuse me. But for a film um, that's had five versions made, and not seen any of them, it's like, wow. Yeah, uh, but, I mean, in fairness, uh, since I would have even been watching movies, this is the first one that's been made. Was yeah. this one from, what, 21? Yeah. 18. When it, it, Jesus. I know, it's been a bit. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. So much I'm paying attention. Uh, you then uh, watched Streets of Fire, one of your favorite movies. I was... Uh, whenever this comes up, because you watch it... Often. Quite regularly. Um, you know, and it's about to get a 4K release, Yeah. so I'll watch it again very shortly. Uh, I, meanwhile, and I was, I was going to try to guess, but now... <laughs> How long do you think it's been since I have seen that movie? Oh, probably since we were kids. Right. So, when would it have been... 
maybe like 86, 87, yeah. it was stopped. It would have no longer been. was like HBO all the time. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, it kind of peters out after that. Yeah. So it's probably been 35 plus years since mm-hmm. I've seen this movie. I kind of want to rewatch it, but I'm almost afraid to because oh, I know how much you love it. Don't, man. It's <laughs> fucking phenomenal. It's so uh, much fun. <laughs> so it's just one of those things where it's like. You've got Rick Moranis d- delivering like tough guy noir dull- dialogue, calling like Amy Madigan a dame. Yeah, and you're like Amy Madigan could fuck you up, Rick Moranis, and you're like, <laughs> and you're taking him sort of seriously. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I, when I was thinking about this when I was going through this this morning, I was also thinking we really thought Michael Pare was going to be a oh yeah. huge huge if if you had just asked us based on our small window in 1985. Mike, we thought probably going to be big. You would have been like, "Fuck yes, yeah. <laughs> he is a huge star." <laughs> no, and then it just turned out to be those two movies. Yeah, I, he's popped. Oh, don't forget Manhattan Project. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> I just remember. I remember when I had when I had the crime blog like a decade ago. Yep. And I wrote about Streets of Fire. Uh, I, pub- I published a conversation between my buddy Matt and I having a conversation about Streets of Fire. And we got invited to the Michael Pare fan club. <laughs> where I, ha- I had to check it out, of course. Sure. Because I was like, fucking Michael Pare fan club exists? I mean, now. a family member has to be running it. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. These women were fucking thirsty. <laughs> okay, so that... That makes more sense. Yeah, I mean, it was all women probably our age and older. Yeah. We're just like, oh my God, he was so our fucking Our age hard. or 10 to 15 years older. Yeah, and I'm like, ladies, it's been 30 years. Yep. Pick someone new at this point, you know? But no, their their love for Michael Pere was fucking strong. Yeah. Like, they were like dead, they were like, when's Eddie and the Cruisers 3 coming out, motherfuckers? Wait, there's an Eddie and the Cruisers 2? Yeah, Eddie lives. Have I seen this? I don't know. I never have. I okay, own then it. I almost did. I own it, and much like you, I'm afraid to watch it. Is it? Is it like the same? Yeah, everything, same people, same. Yeah, really. I don't know if it's the same director, but it's yeah. It was made like two years later. I don't, maybe I knew that. Yeah. I don't know. No, but it's I what, like I I love the original so much. Yeah, and I liked how it ended. Yeah, I don't want to see a sequel to that as under a, as any a child, circumstances. As a child, that was like the most haunting ending. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> I still remember being pissed. Because movies didn't end that way. Yeah. When we, like, when I found out, like, that wasn't a real band. Yeah, like, it's at, heartbreaking. Because <laughs> it showed album covers. Mm. I'm like, wait a minute, that's not a real band. And then you learn later it's John Cassidy <laughs> and the Beatle Brown Band. Right. Um, which I went and saw in concert once. Uh, in Dexter, oddly enough. Um, and that was, Where would you even go in Dexter to the... Uh... It's that like hall, like it used to be a motel yeah. on the way out of town, yeah, yeah. where they had like a club, uh, Dexter Motor Inn, maybe something, like, something that. like that. That's yeah. now I think a weed farm. Oh, make a good one. Yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah, I remember watching like them sing it and going, "This isn't right." Like you're not Michael Pere, man. Right. I know it's I I know it's you singing and your guys playing, but no, where's where's fucking Wendell on the saxophone, man? It's like where the, where's uh, that fucking heroin out saxophone player? It's the reverse of the Blues Travelers video. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I do. I, I kind of want to go back to Streets of Fire now. Uh, I'll see if it's streaming somewhere, but, I mean, I'm sure you have... You probably have multiple copies of this. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, have, I have it on DVD, on Blu-ray, and soon to be 4K. 
then you watch both Grease movies. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Because we watched Streets of Fire early in the day, mm-hmm. and then we're like, fuck it. Let's keep going with some musicals. Okay. Like, the next day. We're like, yeah. We watched Streets of Fire. No, wait. We watched Streets of Fire at night, the night before. Then we went and started watching Grease in the morning. Right. And then we just kept going. Right. Because we have a three-pack Blu-ray that has Grease, Grease 2, and the live-on-TV version of Grease. How's that? Oh, I don't know. I'm never, <laughs> never going to fucking watch that. Uh, um, because you know, <laughs> we love Grease. Yeah, Grease 2. But Grease 2 is not... It's not as bad as it's made out to be, but it is... The songs are fucking it's terrible. It's pretty bad. That, uh, and that's the thing that kills it. Like, the story's fine. The acting is fine. Definitely no worse than the acting in Greece, but the song, like the worst song in Greece, would be the absolute best song in Greece too. What's the worst song in Greece though? It's been forever since I've seen. Oh, it. probably the one that ends the whole fucking movie, that Rambling Ding Dong one. Right. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that would that, be by far the best one. And in and the too. one that uh, again. It's, it's, Thanks to HBO, Grease Two is the one that we've seen the most. Oh yeah, uh, that one was. I, it's again. It's I've like, seen it's Grease like seeing the sequel before the original. Oh yeah, it's like that. Well, no, I <laughs> that Caddyshack, Meatballs. There's like a whole host of '80s films where I saw the sequel first. Uh, we had uh, family friends that lived in Sebac that we would go visit a lot when I was a kid, and they had uh, a laser disc player oh. with a big thing. And they and one of the, and like the movies were like fucking seventy dollars or something yep. like that. So they had like four movies. You had to flip the movie halfway through. Exactly. Yes. Uh, it was it's actually very cool. You slide the case back in yep. and take it out and flip. It's, so you never actually see the disc. Yeah. Um, and one of the movies they had was Grease. And so we watched that, like, every time. Because everything else they had was, like, adults. Yeah. You know, gr- grown-up movies. Um, Jaws might have been one of them, though. But anyway. So I had seen Grease uh, when I saw Grease 2. But then Grease 2 was on every fucking day. Yeah. Um, well, they had to and, sell it somewhere <laughs> to make money back. And I haven't... Yeah, exactly. And uh, I haven't seen that movie in surely 40 years, and I still yep. remember the, the, the snapping of the gum and mm-hmm. all that. Um, and I guess... Uh, is his name Max Caulfield? Max Caulfield, Caulfield. Yeah. 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 I guess he's an insufferable prick. In real life? Yeah. Yeah, it seems like he would be. Um, I don't remember where I read that or heard it, but every time I see him, I think... I think back to, like, what an insufferable prick he is based on something yeah, else that I saw. Because he earned it. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's such a big fucking star. Right. Well, that, I, I guess that's the thing. It's like, he that's how he acts. And it's like, dude, you're, you're right, yeah. you are not. No. <laughs> you're no Michael Pere. <laughs> uh, then you watch Fast Times. Yep. Uh, I haven't seen that in forever either. I love that fucking movie. Yeah. We finally watched the Criterion edition I have of that. Gotcha. Which, this is an interesting note. The scene where, oh Christ, I'm forgetting it, the ticket sale guy. Um, like the skeezy kind of guy. Yeah. yeah. When he has sex with Jennifer Jason Lee in the in the pool house, it shows his cock. Nice. And it was, <laughs> it was just interesting because we're both like, that dick always, Hold on. was that dick always there? It wasn't visible on it, VHS. <laughs> no, it was reinserted to the Criterion Edition. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. Because they had to cut it to not get an X rating when it originally came out. Huh. So, 
Apparently they just had fucking those that, that reel with his cock on it and they decided like, hey, now's our chance to put it back in. <laughs> Again, good one. Uh, I too uh, saw a lot of dick. Um, last week, because uh, Robin and I watched Chernobyl all in one day and the, the naked miners still cracks me up. Uh, I won't get too far into it because uh, we're doing movie talk. But man, that is like the best TV show I've ever seen. Yeah. Like as far as... A block of, I mean, it's only five episodes, so, mm-hmm. like, I guess, it, I mean, it's a mini-series. I mean, today, now they now, streaming service like to call them limited series. Yeah. Um, whatever you want to put, whatever category you want to put, that yeah. is the best TV show I've ever seen. Um, so, anyway, after that, you watch Last Man Standing, which I think I've seen. Is this uh, Bruce Willis? Yep. It's the the retelling of Yohimbo. Is and, it? And uh, Red Harvest by Dashiell Hammett. Okay, interesting. Yes. Uh, so it's good. I mean, it's good. It's it's a lot better than I remembered it being. Uh, so I w- would have watched the original last year. So maybe I'll watch this. Is it streaming somewhere? I do not know. Uh, what do you got for me? Just nope. They're me. making you pay for that shit. Fuck you guys. Um, yeah, because I still haven't done like DVD. Like yeah. I don't even know if it's gotten a Blu-ray release. Honestly. And you watched it on DVD? Yeah. Good grief. I know. Uh, watched a couple you... things on DVD. Uh, including Undisputed? Undisputed. Yeah. Don't hear that very often. Fine prison boxing film with a very fun Peter Falk. Yeah. No, he, he plays like an old... an old From gang. Dan's official review. Yeah, he's an old, he's an old uh, mobster that's in the prison oh, okay. that just appreciates boxing. I was, I was picturing him as being one of the boxers. Peter Falk and <laughs> Wesley Snipes. Yeah, no, it's it's essentially like what it, it's like when Mike Tyson got sent to jail on rape. Oh, okay. Um, and Vin Grames is just a terrible fucking human being in it, and Wesley Snipes plays like the boxing champion in the prison. I have such a hard time not saying Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Wesley. One of these it's... was a tiny white British man. <laughs> uh, which one would you think is named Wesley Snipes? <laughs> uh. No, it's fine. Another Walter Hill film. Not, not anything great, but it wasn't wasn't bad. Yeah. Some 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 fine fi- some fine pugilism. <laughs> uh, we can let's jump over All Quiet and Elvis because yeah. we'll hit them in our Oscar talk. You then watch Crossroads. I knew it existed. I've never seen it. Yeah, it's. I mean, its biggest selling point and probably its biggest weakness is. Um, Ralph Macchio. I was going to say, he would have been hot off... Uh, hot off Karate, uh, karate kid. kid right there. Yeah, uh, he plays a... a this wannabe, 1986. A wannabe blues man from Long Island who, you know, is obsessed with the myth of uh, Robert Johnson. Right. Uh, and the lost song of... Apparently, in, in, in this world, there were... Th- they believe there were 30 songs that Robert Johnson wrote and sung and recorded... But only 29 of them were ever released, so he wants to find that original song. Sure. So he learns of, like, the harmonica player that played often with Robert Johnson is in a retirement home in, like, you know, nearby. So he gets a job there so we can meet him and talk to him. And then the, the blues man is like, well, if you break me free out of this nursing home, I'll get you to the lost recording. And uh, then it's a trip on of them to the south, you know... Hobo in it, as they called it repeatedly in this film. What's that guy's um, name? 
The old guy. Oh, I can't freaking remember. Is it him? Yeah, it's Joe Seneca. Okay. Yeah. Why did I think his name was Emmett something? Uh, I don't know. I don't either. Okay, carry but on. Yeah, no, it's got, you know, so it's got Ralph Macchio, who is fine. He, you know, I guess he could actually play most of the guitar, but most of the guitar was played by Ry Cooter, great name for a blues man, who did, who did the music for um, Streets Fire. Uh-huh. Uh, and then there's like a... Sh- uh, it gets heavily into the you know the devil went down to Georgia type of myth, right? Where he has to the 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 harmonica player ha- had sold his soul years ago to the devil. Now the devil comes collecting. Hold on, I get selling your soul for guitar chops. Yep. If you're gonna sell your soul, oh, don't no. be like ah harmonica is no. where I want to shine. Here's why: because as he put it in the movie, back in my day, if you couldn't play the harp, you couldn't get no pussy. those panties dropped for harmonica players back then apparently so that's why he sold it for the harmonica Uh, but then you know the devil comes a calling right Uh, devil's assistant played by Joe Morton by the way because I like that the devil has an assistant (laughs) yeah Um, he has to battle versus a guitar player played by Joe Satriani no you're not going to win that fight nope uh, especially as a harmonica player. Right. <laughs> so Daniel LaRusso agrees there to take his place. Right. Um, and combines like a bunch of Beethoven with like blues. Cause, oh, by the way, he, he was a Juilliard trained guitar player For at sure. the beginning of the film. But yeah, that's the plot of that. Uh, Jamie Gertz plays a runaway in it who, you know, tags along. And of course, Daniel LaRusso falls in love with. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. Well, you know, he's still brokenhearted about uh, Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth Shue, yeah. He's going to hit all the 80s babes by the yep. time his career's done. Yep. Uh, now, not to jump directly to mine, um, I too watched Ralph Macchio this week. Oh. I watched the best movie Ralph Macchio has ever been in. Um, actually, I wonder what his highest rated is. That's If it's not The Karate Kid, I would be stunned. You know what? That that listing's actually probably pretty accurate. Sort by average rating. Haha, it is! Uh, I watched My Cousin Vinny this week. Yeah. <laughs> I am so happy to report that movie 100% holds up. Yeah. That is fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robin only laughs hard at certain things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's mostly like, she'll get laughing really hard. Like, Parks and Rec kills her. Mm-hmm. And Mike sure is is uh, my wife's brand of comedy. Yeah. She doesn't usually like laugh out loud at movies, mm-hmm. but she was dying at the... And she should have been. Uh, when he fir- the speech when he first has the red suit, the red tux, <laughs> when he's explaining why he has the red tux. Yeah. And then uh, the classic uh, Marissa Tomei mm-hmm. deer... Uh, deer hunting <laughs> story. No, it is far and away my favorite Joe Pesci performance. Yes. Like you, yeah, sure, he won the Oscar for Goodfellas. He's been great in a lot of shit. Give me my cousin Vinny all day long. That movie is so funny. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to, I mean, obviously it's easy to watch. Uh, but, like, the, the, the courtroom side of it, I mean, it's very basic. There's yeah. three fucking witnesses. Mm-hmm. There's, it, it's just, it's... And Fred Gwynn's fucking awesome yes, as the judge. All of the uh, supporting characters are great. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And uh, Marissa Tomei won kind of controversially won because movies like that don't win Oscars, which is too bad. Because she's I, I hate that yeah someone that's always like oh Jack Palance read the wrong name type of thing. And yeah, yeah, she's fucking awesome. Yeah, so good in that movie. And uh, also, it is she is just given home run after home run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the writing for her is every so good. every uh, line of her dialogue mm-hmm. is. Gold. Uh, every scene she's in, she has a like the best joke in the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you said, along with it, her little head movements and mm-hmm. all the little the little physical acting that she's doing is, I think, where she wins her Oscar. Yeah. Um, but just uh, it, it's I, I was so happy that it uh, held up as well as it did because I had just watched. I had been watching obviously uh, Last of Us. Robin and I had just watched Chernobyl the day before, and then I watched uh, All Quiet. Yeah, and I was like, palate cleanser. So I went on the four ninety nine. It was Tuesday. I went on the four ninety nine thing, and my cousin Vinny was at the top, and I was like, done. I will (laughs) watch my cousin Vinny tonight. Uh, But yeah, I was very happy that that held up. So looking at Ralph Macchio, the hell is wax on? Fuck off. I'm guessing that's a short film. Uh, but, uh, yeah, My Cousin Vinny has a, uh, letterboxed 3.9. I'm guessing Karate Kid's probably right at that, too. 3.7, a very respectable number. And then The Outsiders is a 3.6. Yeah, those would have been my choices for, like, his top three films, because... I can't name a whole lot more. Honestly, I was going to say, honestly, after that, it gets pretty low. Yeah, it gets thin pretty, it gets pretty thin pretty fast. Let's see, because, yeah, we got Crossroads... The Karate Kid sequels. I didn't even know he was in Hitchcock. Teachers, I don't remember. I remember, but don't remember. He's in Ralph hey, Rosen. Oh, it's Rosencrantz. Like he's in Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, but no, he's in Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are undead. Did not see that. Yikes! And apparently, not many other people did either. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah. the 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 career of Ralph Macchio, uh, also like crazy old. Yeah, he's like sixty-two. Yeah, sixty-two, and looks younger than us. Looks younger in every than us. Way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good for him. Yeah, because yep. he was like twenty-six in when he was playing when he made, fourteen <laughs> when he made uh, Karate Kid. He's riding his bike. Um, that must be weird. Yeah. I think about that when I see, uh, just, you know, speaking of Grease 2, obviously 27-year-olds playing high school age. It must feel weird. Yeah. Uh, where did yours go? Oh, I frigged up and got off yours. There we go. Uh, Tigers Are Not Afraid, what is that? Tigers Are Not Afraid is a Mexican horror drama film. Um, we did it for the pod for the other podcast for video. Oh, for the foreign horror. It's about a young girl living in Mexico whose mother gets kidnapped, so she kind of has to go live on the streets with a bunch of street kids, all trying, all while like running away from like the the cartels that are kidnapping or killing the parents, then kidnapping the kids. It's a pretty. uh, It's a harrowing film. Pretty topical, also. Yeah. 
But it is very much made in the reign of, like, Guillermo del Toro films. Where okay. it's got kind of that magical realism. Right. Because the whole thing of, like, you know, like, there's the street art comes alive from time to time. You know, she hears, you know, there's a trail of blood that kind of follows her around at times through the streets. Would I like this? I think you would. This, okay. the, I mean, this. It is scary, but the scares are. It, it's a lot. It reminds me a lot of Pan's Labyrinth type of thing. Yeah. It doesn't quite go into like the fantasy world like Pan's Labyrinth does, but it's got that like the magical realism part where ghosts do talk to her and like a stuffed a tough stuffed animal. Is tiger this a dead kid alive. movie? Oh, it's a whole lot of dead kid movie. Whole and like <laughs> dead young kid movie. It's like Dan's favorite genre. It's Dan's, yeah. it's Dan's favorite genre to recommend. Yeah, like the oldest kid is probably twelve. Nice, um, but it's got like a lot of that neat, that that kind of gritty, you know, poverty realism right. like you'd find in like City of God or something like that, which I still have not gotten around to. Thank goodness it's always streaming somewhere, yeah. uh, and it's it's been on my watch list for since I've had Letterboxd, yeah. and I just have never gotten around to it. I don't feel like I'm ever ready to to sit down and watch it, although I watch other dreary shit. Yeah. But. Um, I need to Kids in peril A lot of young kids in peril Well and it's on uh, I've made a A rough list of Between things that are readily available And things that I wanted to either rewatch Because uh, I'm still kind of continuing the top 250 list That will get me to 100 um, By the end of the year and You'll that, get to see all the parts of Brazil That of Fast and the Furious did not drive through <laughs> <laughs> So wait I've already seen, I think, some of the Fast and the Furious ones that take place in Brazil, so I'm all yeah. set then. Yeah, right? well, that plus, like, uh, the, the Ed Norton Hulk. Right. He's doing all the parkour the, through Brazil. The soda factory or yeah. juice factory or whatever. Um, shoot, what did that just remind me of? Something about the Hulk movies. Oh, never mind, I lost it. Uh, the last thing you watched was Women Talking. We'll hit that again. Yeah, uh, yeah I watched Oscar I watched three Oscar-nominated films this week, which, again, I have watched every Oscar-nominated film with the exception Except of Avatar. Avatar. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, I get why they... Because it comes out, like... you It'll come out on streaming on VOD at the end of this month. Yeah. So I get why they waited, because it it's still making money. Yeah. So I get why they didn't pull it out of theaters so I could watch it, you know? <laughs> they should have done some cool... One day only One thing. night, you know, you, on all your services, you can rent it for ten bucks, I don't know. Yeah, for a, one night. Yeah. Yep, I would have been down with that. Uh, I've watched quite a bit since we last recorded. Yes, you have. Uh, I finished Let the Right One In. Mm-hmm. See, that... I don't really cons- I don't know if I would really consider that a horror movie, um... It, it, well, it's it's a drama with horrific moments. Sure. So I mean, it is a vampire, and she does eviscerate the fuck out of some people. Yes, she does. So, uh, but I mean, but Sicario has just as much violence. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so let, let's write one. That is my style of uh, horror movie. Um, yeah, you, I'm a snobby. You would, prob- you would probably like Tigers Not Afraid, yeah. but there are parts you will take fucking hard. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah, snobby. Andrew was in tears by the end of Tigers Are Not Afraid. Nice. She, I'm she snobby was with an, my she horror. She was angry at me at the end of that movie, <laughs> and she wanted, and she wanted, and, she, and then she was angry that she missed out on All Quiet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when some lose some, uh, yeah. I, so then I watched Sicario was on my list of things that I hadn't watched since Letterboxd. Yeah. Um, and I and it, 
and I was kind of surprised because I know I've watched Sicario more than once. Um, that movie's awesome. Yeah, that's so, so good. good. Uh, it's gorgeous. Um, of course, when you shoot everything in the desert at dawn, it's yeah, pretty and, easy and to be gorgeous. And, and you're Denny Villeneuve. Yeah. Plus, uh, it, you know, plus it's Tyler Sheridan who's one yeah. of our favorite kind of you know. I, I hate to call this like a masculine film because the lead character is Emily Blunt. Right. But it is still a very mass. He, he makes she, masculine movies. She's the one being dragged through it, though. Yeah. Like, she's being dragged through this. Uh, but man, that movie's good. Uh, long time blind spot, Snatch. It's good. I just, I, I just love the, the I, dialogue in that film. Yes, the dialogue is terrific. Something about. Uh, I like most of Guy Ritchie's movies, mm. but I don't love any of them. Yeah. I think if you'd watched this one when it came out... I agree. Because it was only his second film. Yeah. So, And that type of film was still very new. Yeah. So it was like, fuck, this is cool. I have... I, well, that's kind of why but I... Every, every, it's been just diminishing returns yeah. for me with him. Like, every once in a while, he'll spike back up yep. briefly, but then right back down it goes. Yeah. Uh, I thought, I've thought about that a lot. And, and it's part of why it's taken me so long to watch it, because I feel like it passed me by. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, I still gave it a three and a half. I liked it. Yeah. Um, Brad, Brad Pitt's fucking amazing yes. in that film. Yes. If you could, like, you have to watch that movie with the, with the subtitles on, or oh, yeah. you won't understand a fucking word half the time. Yeah. Well, and but but fortunately, you don't need to because the joke is no one else can either. Oh, especially with the Pikeys. Yeah. Yeah, with the Pikeys. When the like, Pikeys are talking. The actually regular British people don't know what they're saying either, so you're not really even meant to understand uh, exactly from your mom. Kevin from my mom. What? <laughs> oh, dead dogs. What the hell? Oh, are you talking dogs. About? <laughs> uh, then Colin and I went to Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh, not a sterling review there for you. Three stars. It's fine. Yeah, I, I just think. How do, you, how do you think Jonathan Majors will be going forth as the big bad? As oh, Kevin? excellent. Yeah. But I... I, If he wasn't in this movie, um, I wouldn't be able to tell you anything about it. Um, have, have, have you been seeing the, the, uh, the stuff on Twitter about him? No. Fucking alpha male. Because he appeared on the cover of Ebony Magazine wearing like a yeah. pink fur coat, sitting right. on a pink coat, right. couch, shirtless. And they're he, they're all like, ladies, is this what you think manliness is? is this what, yeah, is this what you think masculinity is? And I'm like, do do you, take a look at Jonathan Majors, dude. Like, I don't think like the shit from the, that I've I've seen in the trailers of Creed. Well, he will fuck you up thing, beyond recognition. The thing that's so funny jealous. is that uh, that same jackass would watch Creed and be like, that's what a man looks like. And you're like, dude, same person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was fine. Um, they kind of, as good as uh, Jonathan Majors is and the character of Kang is, they, and this isn't spoiling, um, they kind of sort of blow it at the end by, and it was kind of always the concern, if there's a million of them because of the multiverse, then who gives a shit? Yeah. What? I need to focus on one, and I was kind of hoping that they're, that that's the way this was going, but... I don't know if it is. Yeah, because the Kang in the Marvel Universe is a time traveler. Mm. Which, I get they're making it multiverse because of everything, but like, yeah, like you said, it, it, if this one is the villain, doesn't that just mean in another universe there's one that's good that can eventually show up and fuck this one up? Yeah, <laughs> and like... 
Why do you know? Uh, yeah, it just kind once of, you get into multiverses, it's kind of hard to down. care yeah. about the main universe because right. you know. Well, it's, it's hard to care about any one. Oh, with Black, I mean, they they, they literally did it with uh, Gamora, right? Oh, she's dead in our universe, but we just pulled this one from another timeline. Right, we're good. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a reason <laughs> that comic book characters are around for seventy or eighty years because they just keep getting rebooted and no one right. really cares. Right. In a movie universe, that is tougher to pull off. Yes. That knowing because death is not final, unless you're Black Panther. Right. Uh, so I, I don't know. It's. It's it's also um, kind of boring to look at. Mm-hmm. I mean, that sounds weird. Oh, Marvel uni- Marvel films look the same. They really do now. It's, I don't know. You you just always feel like you're in a video game. I guess yeah. the whole movie. You're you're never you never even though it's this big world. You always feel like you're inside, and I guess you are. But I, I don't know. I, I it was it also it had no business being as long as it is. It's fucking like two and two hours and forty minutes or something. Jesus Christ! Um, stop, stop this, Marvel! Stop it! Yeah, it's unnecessary. Um, then I watched. She said the uh, uh, the Harvey Weinstein. Movie. Harvey Weinstein. It would be like a spotlight, but Harvey Weinstein. Um, it was okay. It was. I mean, obviously, compelling subject matter. Uh, but when Spotlight and All the President's Men exist, it's hard to... Mm-hmm. Just go read the book. Yeah. Uh, then I watched the second Sicario. Uh, I think it was the first time re-watching the sequel. Uh, it's it's still pretty good. It's not, yeah, it's but a it's, so- it's a solid But film. it's not nearly as good. Um, then I watched the Iron Giant. That was another blind spot. I love that fucking uh, so hard. Yes, we, we enjoyed that. That was the whole family watched that. Uh, then the whole family watched National Treasure. They're fun. National Treasure. Um, they are they are the definition of a popcorn film. Yeah. yeah. Uh, rewatched Grand Budapest for the first time. Uh, that movie's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray Fiennes is so good in that. Yeah, so and, and good. <clears throat> that movie is because I think I think I thought that what year was this? Twenty fourteen. Uh, I think that I. In my head, I had uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, and then Moonrise, Moonrise Kingdom, and then this. Um, now I have to watch Moonrise Kingdom again. Because mm-hmm. I think I might like Grand Budapest more. I don't know. Uh, then Lion King, Family Watch, uh, the original Lion King. And then I watched the, the well, we were talking about it before we started recording, Seven Psychopaths. That movie's good. Yeah, it is. I like that a lot. Uh, so now I think I've seen every Martin McDonough uh, directed film. directed uh, feature because um, there's only four. Mm. Uh, then speaking of Tyler Sheridan, uh, rewatched Hell or High Water. That, so that movie is really good. That was that was another on Such my an list. Underrated film. It really is. Um, Why that wasn't nominated for like shit that year? I don't understand. Mm. I mean. You've got Oscar nominee caliber people all throughout that film. Yeah. Who directed that? Um, man, I hate the way it's... Is it David McKenzie? I don't even know who that is. Recognize any of that? Uh, Outlaw King, I know, is a, a Scottish There's thing. A oh, that's the one with um, the, the cult TV show. That looked good. 
No, but it looks this like he's most. One, uh, uh, Jeff Amon does the music for this. Yes. Um, that's why I recognized it. Uh, oh, Young Adam. I've seen Young Adam. Young Adam was good. I've seen Outlaw King. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I gave it a three, so it was fine. Yeah, uh, Hell or High Water is um, highly underrated. It's pretty short. Yeah. Um, it's not two hours and 45 minutes long. Right. Uh, it's self-contained little... It's a very uh, small <laughs> bank-robbing movie. Yeah. Um, the heists are not large. Right, right. It's not they're like an Ocean's Eleven-style heist. Right. I mean, they're all smash-and-grab style. Mm -hmm. uh, the ending is... The ending is, like, as close to perfect as you can get as far as just being yep. believable and satisfactory. Everyone's... Everyone kind of got the outcome they deserved, except for 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 uh, Gil, uh, <laughs> the deputy, Billing, Birmingham, Billingham. What's yeah. his name? Uh, everyone else kind of gets what, yeah, was coming to him, I guess. Um, but yeah, excellent, excellent movie. Uh, then I watched Pulp Fiction. That was first. That's the first time I've seen Pulp Fiction in probably twenty years. I know Pulp Fiction is one of those where you're like, is this going to hold up as well as I remember it? Yes. Yes, yeah, it does. Uh, and I, in my little, I, I rarely review anything, um, but in this one, I did say uh, that it's it's definitely a five. But every uh, scene with Fabian and and Bruce, Bruce Willis is just insufferable. I hate it. I hate them so much. I hate them so much together. Yeah, it's yeah. Their relationship sucks. Oh, I want to bash their heads together and then drown them in the toilet. Yeah. When she's talking about the fucking blueberry pancakes, I just want to drive an ice pick into my ear. <laughs> um, and him, oh, I just hate it. Uh, but everything else about that movie is great. I mean, it's really like four cool little, yeah. I don't know how, four or five, Vignettes. I don't know. Yeah. yeah that uh, overlap. I finally finished Clute. I started it again because it had been like a year. Uh, Clute's good. Yeah. Um, Another Guy Ritchie film? Uh not Clute. Not Clute. Uh, yeah, I, I start. I, I Clute as a guy Ritchie up. film would be interesting. And then uh, I wanted to get back to. Uh, I remember there was stuff I wanted to mention about Clute. Just that uh, the whole Donald Sutherland and, and Jane Fonda. Like, come on, come on. Yeah. Uh, Donald Sutherland sex. That dude must have been able to play our harmonica if you know what I mean. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is. Uh, this, I guess, would have been the first in the Alan Pacula uh, paranoia trilogy, mm -hmm. um, along with uh, All the President's Men and the Warren Beatty one. Par Parallax, no, Parallax View. Yeah, Parallax yeah. View, yeah. Uh, which I thought was fine. Uh, but All the President's Men is, is the best of the three. Uh, but yeah, then uh, I watched Chernobyl in there, and then uh, The Gentleman, another Guy Ritchie, because that was one... Uh, Oh, I figured it was. Uh, it would have been my second Guy Ritchie of the month, and then also it gives me another um, Colin Farrell. Yeah, uh, it's still fine. Did you ever? Did you ever watch it? I have not watched that one yet. I think it was. It must have been streaming because I don't know. Oh, I'm. I am sure it is. Uh, I think it was on HBO. I mean, I could probably find out real quick. It was on Netflix. Uh, it's fine. Uh, it's your basic Guy Ritchie, except Matthew McConaughey is the. It's actually kind of neat seeing, because you don't usually, you see that in American movies, you'll see like 
British people or German people or something yeah. with, with accents in America and it's not like odd but in a Guy Ritchie movie mm-hmm. the main character the big boss is an American yeah. who is who lives in London um, and it's just kind of odd after that was all quiet we'll talk about that in a minute then of like I said my cousin Vinny and then I went on uh, anyway I did for the, just a couple of feel goods I did the uh, the, the Bigelow Iraq kind of war period back-to-back with Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty, both of them very solid. Uh, I probably hadn't seen the Hurt Locker since... Oh, Robin wants a sweatshirt. Um, since it came out. I think that was something that I may have rented and watched once. I didn't remember a thing about I've seen, it. I've seen both of those once. Uh, yeah. Zero Dark Thirty I saw in the theater, and I haven't seen it since. Yeah. Uh, I had to very, watch... very good film, but it's just... It's not one I know if I'll rewatch. Uh, I mean, it's good, but until I get like on a Catherine Bigelow kick, it it is weird. Uh, Nostalgia is probably the wrong word for it, but I feel like well, there was a period where like these types of movies were all over the place, and I kind of count Sicario into that yeah. as kind of the tail end of that trend. Uh, I mean, obviously Mexico is not <laughs> not Iraq, Iraq but, but you, it's still a, a, it's a militarized you know film. in the desert. Uh, and I kind of, like, as I was watching them, I was like, man, it's been a while since, and they don't need to be made, but, uh, it's been a while since this has been, this was a huge thing. And then also around the same time, you've got every season of, yeah, every season of 24 and, um, but yeah, uh, Zero Dark Thirty is, I had to, I had to, uh, not just the name. I had to watch it up in my bedroom because I was watching it during the day, mm. and like you can't see shit for the last hour of that movie. Well, that's uh, dark even with all the curtains closed in the living room, there's mm. still you know ambient light getting in. I had to go up in my bedroom, shut the door, and like close the curtains. Um, but it, it's good. Um, young Chris Pratt. Yep. Uh, or Parks and Rec era Chris Pratt. And then uh, last night I watched everything everywhere all at once. Um, do you want to... Oh, you know what I wanted to look at? Because we're about at the point in the year where uh, my drop-off starts. Yeah, because start. we're, we're pretty, we're pretty close right neck. now. And I was interested in... Uh, I've got both of our letterboxed uh, year-to-dates up. Um, yeah, because I've got 65 and you had, what, 57? 57, Yeah, I think. we're pretty close. So it's not quite the quarter point, but uh, just looking at um, our watch and rewatches, we're also pretty close. We're both like right around 50 I'm, I'm, I'm almost exactly 50 50, yeah. if I remember right. I was until a couple days ago until I rewatched the, yeah, I mean, the Bigelows. And, eight. <laughs> yeah, I had like four rewatches in a row. Um, your, I was looking at your most watched people. I and know. Like, the fact that you have watched that out of what, 65. 36 of them are from two people, yep. two directors. So, like, your your uh, most watch is littered with people that I don't even fucking know. Yeah. You know, or, Peter, Peter Jason and Ted Grossman. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I recognize Luis Contreras. Yeah. Wait, is he in... He's in a lot of Spielbergs. Is he in All the President's Men? I don't know. Wouldn't uh, surprise me if he was. Because he kind of... I don't know if... Okay, can I do it this way? Uh, no. Okay. Who's the guy I'm thinking of? He kind of looks like that. But anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Eddie Fucking Deason. Eddie Deason. 
it's it's a bunch of people that you recognize, but you couldn't have... A lot of character actors. Yeah, a, a lot, lot of people lot you probably wouldn't have known actors. the names of. Sonny Landum, Andy Tennant, Pat Roach. Gino Silva. Gino Silva. Good lord. There's like... I, I, I'm not kidding when you, I mean, because we're looking at what, 20? Uh, the if, only. Honestly, a lot of them look like, you know, you, 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 your dad's photo on Facebook. Yeah. Like, look at Alan Graff and yep. Artie Call and Ken Medlock. <laughs> you know, it's like, those are your dad's friends on Facebook right there. And then this guy is a mix between Sean Connery and Robert Forster. Yep. Uh, Nick Dimitri. Uh, yeah, there's li- in your top 20, there are literally three people that I would consider movie stars. Yeah. Harrison Ford, Lawrence Fishburne, and Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Other than that, it's like uh, a fucking accounting firm. <laughs> Except for Brian James. <laughs> Who almost looks like a mugshot if he got arrested while yes. high. Uh, and then your directors, the only two that you've watched more than one of are Spielberg and Walter Hill. Yep. That's funny. Uh, mine is more spread out and uh, a lot more movie stars. There there are no, uh, I guess Terry Kinney would be the, who's the least known person on this list. Yep. Probably him. Oh, without a doubt. Because I wouldn't have been able to tell you his... I probably wouldn't have been able to tell you what Samantha Morton's name was either, to be honest with you. Yeah, but, uh, you know, at least she's been in yeah. know, Spielberg films and shit. Right. Everyone else y- you would know by sight. Uh, Colin Farrell. Dennis Farina. Love it. Uh, the Michael Mann ones, I think, are doing the, the heavy and lifting there. Andrew yeah. and I have been watching uh, New Girl, and he, he just got done his little few episodes. Oh, arc. yeah. yeah. Uh, Colin Farrell's number one at nine. I'll probably only get two more Farrells in. Mm-hmm. So that'll probably cap out at 11. Don Cheadle, I realize, if you wanted to, without even trying, you could get to 20. Oh, easily. Easily. Because he's in fucking 100 movies, and you've seen all of them. Yep. Uh, yeah, and it's oh, it's like, and a lot of actors keep using him. I mean, a lot of directors yeah, keep using yes, him. Yeah, yes, yeah. Because I've watched, uh, I mean, there's four there, I think three of them are Soderbergh's. Yeah. Um, and then plus, if you do a Marvel rewatch the same year. Yep. I mean, come on. Um, what else has he got going for him? Yeah, like his top seven are all Marvel movies. Then you've got three Oceans movies. Yeah. You got Boogie Nights, White Noise, which i seen. That that was the other uh, one that I watched. Yeah. Uh, more Soderbergh's. Then a bunch of, yeah, and that was some more Soderbergh's. I didn't know he was in Rush Hour 2. I didn't either. More Soderbergh's. I don't think I ever saw Rush Hour 2, honestly. Traffic is Soderbergh, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Out of sight. Wow, how many Soderbergh's does he have? Like seven? He was in a bunch of them there. Uh... I watched The Guard this year. That was good. Devil in the Blue Dress. Volcano. <laughs> I might actually watch Volcano, because those are good family watches. Those yeah. stupid movies. Uh, I tried to get... Because uh, Deep Impact is on HBO. Oh. I tried to get Colin to watch it, and he was not interested. No, I can't imagine. I bet he'd be in Darmageddon, though. Probably. Uh, who else is on my list? Uh, Ronan. There'll be more uh, Del Toro. Sersha will get to about six, I think, because I think I have three or four more on my list. Casey uh, Affleck and a couple. A couple of Casey Afflecks, a couple Daniel. Kal- the Kaluuyas will get up to about six. He's not really in a lot of movies. No. Uh, he's he's very picky. Mm-hmm. They're all good. <laughs> yep. Uh, but he's not in any garbage. Uh, directors, my number one is also Spielberg, but at 20 fewer than yours. Yeah. Uh, four, and then Michael Mann, and Mark McDonough. Shouldn't the McDonough be at four? 
you have not watched Three Billboards. Oh, that's right. I haven't. I haven't watched that because I, I just bought it. Uh, I have seen it, though. Uh, that's what it is. Uh, but that, once again, um, when I watched it the first time, it was on streaming, obviously. Um, what year was that? Like 2015 or so? 16 or 17? She won an Oscar for that, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, that's when I would have watched it. I would have watched it probably Oscar season of whenever it came out. Um, so it was up. All of his movies have been uh, on sale in the last month for obvious reasons. Um, so I bought three billboards and Robin said she wanted to watch it. So therefore, we'll never fucking watch it. Uh, I think that was all. Got a couple Kuglers in there. He didn't direct anything past the first Creed, right? It went Fruitville Station, Creed. No, I mean of the Creed movies. Yes, yeah, no. Yeah, okay. He's produced and written. I think his like brother or something is like the co-writer of the newer ones. Did Michael B. Jordan direct the newest he, one? Michael B. Jordan directed okay. the newest one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I got all my Irish people on there. Uh, yeah. Just thought it would be cool to go through the uh, the stats real quick. Actually, mine should actually be 56 movies because one of them was Chernobyl, and I don't really count that, but I did want to yeah. put, it, put it in there. Uh, Oscars. Yeah. They're tonight. They're tonight. I'm going to actually try to stay up and watch them. Really? Don't know if I'm going to be able to because daylight saving times fucked us up in the reverse way this time. Right. We were up at, for some reason, we were up at like 5 this yeah. morning, and we are just awake. And then, like, we're like, oh, shit, last night was Daylight Savings Time, which yeah. means we've been up since 4. Right. Which means I'll probably be exhausted by 7. Right. But I am actually going to try to watch some of the Oscars this year, because I'm actually, like, I really want to see everything everywhere, just clean fucking house. Well. Or end up being very angry when it doesn't win anything at all. <laughs> when it gets to my, uh, when it gets to predicting time, I think I'm... I haven't made final decisions, but I think I'm going to be pretty heavy on and rewatching. A lot, a lot, I've been listening to a lot of like Oscar prediction, like podcasts, and YouTube videos. Yeah. It's <sighs> right now. It is very clearly the front winner to win. It might take a run at the most above the line Oscars of all time. Yeah, uh, it has a chance to win like every major one. Now, last year, I would argue that this podcast was the most accurate. Uh, Oscar predictor. Um, yeah, and, and uh, it might also be uh, that I just watched it. Yeah. But, like I said at the beginning... Uh, I, I haven't rewatched it since March or whatever, whenever it came out. Interesting. And I'm still like, no, that is, I, can, I know that has been my favorite movie viewing experience of the year. Like, I mean, come on, I went and bought the hot dog hand gloves for A24. <laughs> That doesn't tell you love. Uh, I don't really want a printable one. I want one that you can just kind of fill out. I'm looking up Oscar ballots. Guess I'll just do that. That's close enough. Well, that was cool. It gives you like all the all the ratings on it as well. Interesting. All right. Yeah, I meant to do this Friday at work and then just forgot. There, that looks pretty good. Uh, we can, I do want to, oh shit, I meant to watch some of the animated shorts yesterday and I fucking didn't. I've some seen of, some of them were available. Uh, huh? I've seen none of the short stuff. Uh, the, 
my year of dicks is available. Uh, I, I did. Did you did you watch the uh, yeah yeah Rizumet. with Rizumet having yeah. to say that? Yeah, and it was just great. well that whole that whole category is hilarious. These are the names of the animated short uh, nominees: the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse. Uh, the Flying Sailor, Ice Merchants, My Year of Dicks, and An Ostrich Told Me the World is Fake and I Think I Believe It. Um, again, I haven't seen any of them. One of them is on Disney+, Plus, and I don't know which one. Ice Merchants, maybe? I don't fucking know. Um, then short live action, I guess uh, Le Pupil is really good, is the yeah. good one. Um, I don't fucking know. I don't know either. Uh, documentary short, uh, Elephant Whispers. I meant to watch Elephant Whispers. I was actually going to watch with the kids one day that I was subbing, but I couldn't get past the uh, how you can do it if you direct connect it. But if you try to Apple AirPlay Netflix, the sound will play, but it's just a blank screen. Fucking that's surprising. Netflix are dicks. Uh, I was actually so I would have watched Elephant Whispers. We need better connection systems in our school for fucking AV shit. You're not wrong. There is. A Literally just an AV jack thing you should be able to plug into on the wall yes. and have it be good. I agree. The fucking brewer had every, it ten years ago. Every room is different in that building. It much. really it's is. Crazy. Oh, yeah, we all have I different had, I had to show a projectors. video to the kids in uh, Amanda West's room. And I had I had it working, the video, because it was direct connection, had the audio and I'm just like I couldn't get the volume to play. She's like, yeah. Oh well, there's a little black box on yeah. the side. I'm like, What? Yeah. I, I ended up just unplugging uh, the it, speakers from the Apple and playing, playing it from the it, computer and yeah. plugging it directly into my headphone jack and just having two different outputs. Uh, anyway, uh, do we want to do everything from visual effects on? Sure. Uh, so for visual effects, uh, the nominees are all quiet on the Western Front. Avatar, Way of Water, The Batman, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and Top Gun Maverick. Um, as far as, uh, I mean, I, this is probably the category that I've seen the highest percentage of. Avatar being the only one that I haven't seen. Same. Um, but I think Avatar is going to win. Yep. Uh, of the ones that I've seen, I Yeah, I, I judged mine on, like, who, what... Will win, what should win, and what a potential spoiler might be. I, yeah. I agree, Avatar will win. Yeah. I kind of want to see Maverick win. Yeah, it's funny. Maverick or All's Quiet, because those have good effects that are seamlessly tied into the film. So yeah. that they don't look like... This will come back uh, in several categories. Uh, but a lot of times the the Oscar doesn't go to best it goes to most yeah so it's not necessarily best visual effects it's most visual yeah. effects um, and avatar is all visual effects if uh, <laughs> right and if uh if um uh, the shitty queen movie uh teaches us anything it's most editing not necessarily best editing yeah um that uh, editing's coming up next so uh, we'll put uh for we'll put avatar Avatar for visual effects. Uh, I, I guess I don't know what I would, what I would want to win. I I, I think I would want to say Top Gun also. Of the ones that, mm -hmm. having not seen Avatar, uh, and again because visual effects also isn't always CG. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's unfortunately the other thing that gets kind of it automatically goes to like the films with the most CG effects. Right. right? And it's like. 
Sometimes good old fashioned visual effects. Yeah, sometimes on camera some, effects are right. great. And sometimes the fact that you don't even know that it's a visual effect. Yeah, like David, David Fincher films have tons of visual effects. Not count. I'm not counting like you know Benjamin Button, but like other, they have them in there, and you just don't notice them. Right, and that that should be. Yeah. That what? should be the winner. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, film editing. Um, I always like this category, mm-hmm. and I never feel like it goes to the right thing. No. Um, because I think I'm... And it's because... Editing is one of those uh, thing skills, and I, I feel this way about a lot of things in a lot of different walks of life. It's one of those skills that I'm just in awe of. Mm-hmm. Like, people that are really good at it, that you might not even notice. Uh, that's yeah. Usually the best edits are the ones you don't yeah and you don't even realize what they've done to you yeah <laughs> until it's over uh or until uh it gets pointed out to you by someone who knows what they're talking about and then you're like that's now i get why that you know why that was what it was uh so the nominees are banshees of Sheeran, elvis uh everything everywhere tar and top gun maverick yeah um my personal choice is everything everywhere Same. and I also think that's what will win. Same. I say but that. I also think Maverick could. Yeah. Because I think Maverick, that la- especially that last fucking like 45 minutes, My... where you are just on the edge of your fucking seat the entire time, and the editing has a lot to do with that. Well, my... My reasoning for not even considering it, and it still could very well win, my reason is kind of a... a Sort of what we were just talking about, that it's not always, it's not necessarily best, it's usually most. Uh, I just feel like they don't consider action editing the same way they consider... Which is stupid. I know, Because I know. bad action editing ruins fucking movies. Yes. Oh yeah, if you can't, especially like car chases and stuff, yeah. if you can't tell, that's how you know you're watching a bad, yeah. a poorly made action movie, when you can't tell where... Or it's like 14 Shit. cuts of Liam Neeson jumping over a fence. A table. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it is obvious, yeah. the editing here. If and you that's can't not good. tell where people, vehicles, whatever are Who's in relation to whenever. Who? Yeah. Uh, Transformers movies come to mind. Yep. Uh, that's why, like, when I say those movies suck, that's yeah. part of it. That's a big part of it. Um, now, everything, everywhere all at once is. I don't want to call it an action movie, but it has many action scenes. But that's not the cool editing trick. No, the cool editing is the way it cuts back and forth between like the multiverse shit and yes. stuff that had happened earlier and flashbacks and. And I know it's not necessarily part of the editing, but uh, every universe looks different. Every mm-hmm. universe is in a different aspect ratio. Every universe has a different color grading. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like a white universe. Yeah, the older uh, the older ones are usually kind of a greenish or a grayish, um, and I know that's that's not editing, but it helps kind of uh, sharpen the differences when they do switch from one to one. When all of a sudden the aspect ratio shrinks in or whatever. Uh, what did I watch the other day that was all in four three? Mm. What did I just watch? I, it doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, I I, I would. Uh, I think that's my pick, and that's what I think should win. Yeah, same. Uh, production design. And th- again, this is a tough one uh, because it often goes to 
most. Yeah. Uh, All Quiet, Avatar, Babylon, Elvis, and the Fablemans. My gut says it's between Elvis and Babylon. Um, yeah. That, that, as I, far I, as what will win. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going with Babylon. Yeah. It is available to stream now. But again, it's three fucking hours long. Well, and also we should point out, it's not very good. Or... Well, it's very divisive. Yes. People don't like it. Yeah. Um, Some people, though, really love it. I have, from the people that I pay attention to that uh, I I know what their tastes are, so I mm. I would would agree, uh, think it's fine. Yeah. Um, but like you said, it's fucking long. Yeah. Um, like, I like Damien Chazelle films. Yeah. So I will watch this. But again, three hours of a film that's gotten middling reviews yeah. isn't exactly like hyping me up to sit down and press play. Exactly. Um, but man, Hollywood does love clapping They love on sucking the their own dick. Yep. Yes. Um, so, but I mean, his films are always well designed. Yeah. Um, so the, are you picking Babylon I'm to picking win? Babylon. The other ones that always kind of get me with production design, surprisingly, there is no like 17th century English film on this list, because that right. always yes. seems to be in Sense there. and Sensibility or something. Yeah. Uh, some uh, some Jane Austen... Uh, but, I mean, we have a war film. Yeah. We've seen those before. Yeah. Um, Avatar, whatever. Yeah. Um, Elvis, it's another... It's shit... And the Fablements, it's both shit from real life. Right. You know? Right. I get that it shouldn't matter if it's real life or fake, but, like... I'm actually very surprised that um, Everything Everywhere at Once wasn't nominated in this. I... Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, the very least, that fucking office yeah. has a hell of a design. Yeah. You know? The laundromat, it's designed on purpose. Um, I wonder if... Uh, look, I know the Academy's dumb. I wonder if it was like kind of a... Look, if we do it for this, it's going to have a nomination in every fucking category. Yeah. Which, maybe it deserves that. I don't yeah. know. Um, I think you've talked me into it. But I wouldn't be surprised if fucking the Fablemans wins. You know? <laughs> Just... I should have... I, I I made a mistake. I fucked up a couple weeks ago. Fablemans was nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. I should have just grabbed it. Um, but I didn't. That was dumb. I. It's my... It's like... I. It's, it's so hard. Anything it's more a than... really good movie... Yeah. But I don't think it's all these nominations good. Like, I think I still put it as, like, a five-star film. I fucking love it, because it's it's a Spielberg biopic. It's something well, I always want to see. It's about a kid falling in love with movies and making movies. It's it's, it's my jam. It's just... But it's, it's... Yeah. <laughs> it feels like in every single category it's in, it's not, like, amongst the top two or three favorites. No. In any category. It's no. weird. Yeah. Like, uh... Have you heard anyone say, you know what? I think I think this is Michelle Williams' award to lose. Nope, no, not a uh, bit. It's you kind of almost forget she's nominated. Yeah, I think she just gets and, nominated, and she's the best part of the film, though. Yeah, she is by far the best part of the film. But uh, like, do I think Sp- Spielberg should have got the nomination? No, I don't. Yeah, I... yeah. If uh, I know this is like impossible, but if anyone else had made the exact same movie. It probably wouldn't have been nominated. Is that what you're saying? No, okay. it wouldn't have been. Uh, oh, we, oh shit! I fucked that up. Two categories in, Dan. I already fucked it up. <laughs> um, what are, we both said everything everywhere yeah. for the for editing. 
I am not writing that out every time. No, I just put E. Yeah. <laughs> Production design. So no differences yet, and but I will put a. Uh, I'm putting an asterisk on my Babylon since you taught me into it. Uh, but I did have it was for me it was between that and Elvis as my just guess, having not seen either. It, fucking it one would of them. not surprise me if Elvis, because again, it goes. The Elvis for me, the one of the it's the same thing. I have a problem with every fucking biopic, other than like Lincoln. I don't want to see a movie about their whole fucking life. Right. Pick something. Pick something. Yeah. If that had only been like the main crux of that film is the Elvis Vegas years. Yeah. When he was starting to fucking go a little nuts and starting to lose shit. That was the most interesting part of that film for me. Yeah. If it had just been an hour and a half of that, or two hours of that, I would have fucking loved it. But because it starts off when the fucking colonel first discovers him. That, see, now that, look, I, I, I have a lifelong aversion to Elvis. I don't know what it is. I just fucking hate anything Elvis related. I, I blame Public Enemy. Maybe. Because Elvis, Elvis was a hero to most, but he didn't mean shit to me. <laughs> I, I agree, Chuck. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same way. I did not grow up going, fucking Elvis! And I... You've heard me say it a thousand times. I fucking hate music biopics. Yeah, fucking hate them. Uh, I, I think the. I think we figured out the last one that I had seen was the, the. Uh, Unless it's Eddie and the Cruisers. <laughs> that's different. <laughs> that's different. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, the last one I, I was the Johnny Cash one, yeah. which I, wasn't bad. Yeah. I think I I remember not hating that. Mm -hmm. uh, but man, anything like Bohemian Rhapsody or the the Elton John. Both artists I really like. Yeah, I had fucking no interest. Yeah, and again, it's awesome because it <laughs> so I'm covers sure their not entire watch. fucking career. Yeah. So I'm sure it's fuck not gonna watch. Yeah. Uh, whatever the fuck that is, yeah. Elvis. God forbid the people who finally eventually try to make like a Rolling Stones biopic. Oh yeah, it's like yeah, here have fun covering that fifty fucking years, guys. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> still, are they still touring? Oh, pro I don't think they're touring right now because I mean the drummer did die. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they did it again. But, again, they toured for 50 fucking years. Yeah. Uh, cinematography. Uh, we've got All Quiet, Bardo, False Chronicle, A Handful of Truths, Elvis, Empire of Light, and Tar. Uh, Empire of Light is the one that sticks out because it, it... It's Deacons. It's, well, a, a, sort of like the... Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a good analogy where you've got like a really good player on a bad team. I guess the movie's not that good. He's the Mike Trout. Uh, He's the Mike he, Trout of this film. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's one of those weird uh, examples. Same thing with Bardo, I guess. Uh, Bardo is... I just don't think that got seen. Yeah. I mean... Isn't it on Netflix? Yeah. I think it was a Netflix it's original. It's a Netflix original, for Christ's sake. Um, and it's one I want to see because it looks visually fucking fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but again, nobody's seen it. Right. And that's the other thing we have to take into account with Oscar voting. It's, I mean, it's a terrible system anyway, because you always read every year, of like, well, this the person with the votes just gave it to his assistant to fill in the votes. Yeah. Or had only seen, like, one movie, so that's just the one he voted for and everything. Um, I do feel like you should have to see every... If you didn't see every film in the category, you can't fucking vote. But <coughs> For me, right. this one's a pretty simple choice. What are you picking? I'm picking All Quiet. That film is beautiful. Um, I agree. <clears throat> the one that I've heard... Uh, 
it feels okay and this is just based off what i feel from film twitter is that a lot of the like die uh, hardcores would like to think that tar would win but that's not the kind of movie that wins cinematography not usually you have to be an outside movie i mean it is a great looking film yeah i have not seen it either, but so. yeah there's nothing that made me go like oh i need to pause this and just stare at this for a minute yeah um Oddly enough, I think Elvis has a chance to upset here. Yeah. There are some great shots. Yeah. Like, anytime he's performing, there's a lot of... It's well, well shot. Um, And, I mean, they make Austin Butler fucking, you know, super handsome and everything. Right. Well, maybe that's why they didn't just focus on the Vegas years. Because you, <laughs> you don't get hot Elvis. Yeah. You get fat Elvis. Yes. Uh, they, they Honestly, that film spent since too much time fuck, fucking focusing on uh, the Colonel. See, like, now that is... That was the the nail in the coffin for me. Not caring to watch this movie yeah. is I think I, I, would I think be I so put in my distracted. Review, he, his voiceover is all throughout this film, and it annoys the piss out of me because it's unnecessary. Yeah. And I know that Tom Hanks does a very good job of mimicking what the real Colonel sounds like, but for me, it's fucking off putting. It doesn't need to be. No, no, I don't know what that guy sounded like. No, nope. just do a fucking Southern accent, Tom. Well, apparently, he's from the Netherlands. The Colonel is from the Netherlands. What? Because that okay. was the heart of it. That, that's one thing I actually learned from this. Is like no one knew Colonel Tom <laughs> Parker's real name or where he was really from. He had like no ID. Which is the reason why Elvis never toured worldwide. Because oh, the, cur- the Colonel knew he'd never be able to get out. He'd never, he'd he'd never Or be allowed back in, yeah. Because of, no one knew who he really was. But again, huh. if I'm watching an Elvis biopic, I don't care about the Colonel. Make a Colonel biopic with an Elvis as a... Pops in every once in a while, type of thing. Right. Um, so yeah, it was. Just, I love fucking Baz Luhrmann, but this was for, Elvis was to me a bad Baz Luhrmann film. Yeah, and I don't think it should have been nominated for Best Picture by or a long shot. Nominated for a lot of shit. Yeah. Uh, costume design. Uh, Babylon. Oh, would, oh no, another one with. No, oh wait, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris might be a British film. Is that a? It is, is. a period piece. Uh, yes, it's in the fifties, sixties. Uh, Babylon, Black Panther, Elvis, Everything Everywhere, and Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Uh, I've seen three of these movies, because um, I have seen Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Uh, I'm still going to pick uh, Everything Everywhere all at once. Mm. Uh, I, If you had asked me yesterday, I probably would have, my guess would have been, my pick would have been Elvis, having not even seen it, just knowing the way this stuff usually works. Yeah. But for me, that's another stuff that's like, just fucking find pictures of Elvis and I, copy it. I know, but they love that, Dan. I know they, they do. They fucking love that shit because they all go, oh, look how close that looks. Well, of course it does. Yeah. <laughs> of course it does. Yeah. Uh, I want shit for costume design going to stuff like the fucking Fifth Element, where you're like, what the fuck is that person wearing? What kind yeah. of costume is this? Uh, not just, I mean, obviously in Everything Everywhere, Stephanie Shue's whole wardrobe oh. is amazing. Yeah. Uh, everything that she wears in every scene is awesome. But, much like uh, that would be an example of most costume design, you also have to look at the ones like... Jamie Lee Curtis's costume. Jamie Lee costume. Curtis's costume in that, in that movie is fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, the, the sweater at the end is just... I, I don't know. I don't know why that was See, a For me, a the whole reason touch. that wins for me is Jamie Lee Curtis's. Because if yeah. you go into like any social work office, yeah. you're going to find a woman that looks like Jamie Lee Curtis in there. Yeah. I'm sure when you go to, like, an accounting firm or an IRS firm, you know, there's probably someone 
dressed just like her. Um, Which is another reason I don't get why it doesn't win for production. It's not nominated for production design. Because when was the last film that had a major important piece be a butt plug? Right. Right. Uh, I learned in some post things that the the two butt plug fighters were the uh, fight choreographers for the movie. Yeah. And they're like famous YouTubers or something. Oh, really? Or they have like a... Uh, what the hell is it called? I, I shouldn't even try to think of it. Look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> they do a... They have like a YouTube... Yeah, be very uh, careful though when searching uh, the internet for butt plug fight. Oh, yeah. Be very careful. Yeah, yeah you might get some... Interesting answers. Um, so are we both saying... Everything. Okay. Uh, but I'm going to say a, a, a look out for Elvis. Yeah. Because uh, this could also be one where um, if they're going to give it to Elvis for anything... Uh, I actually think next one is the one that if Elvis gets it, it's going to get it for Makeup? That. Makeup. Makeup okay. and hair And hairstyling. And hairstyling. Because everybody fucking loves Elvis's hair. Uh... All Quiet, Batman, um, Black Panther. Black Panther has... It should be. It so honestly much. should be fucking... It should be either... Because it's tough because it's makeup and hairstyling. Yeah. Like, the Batman, yeah. you ca- you do not know that's fucking Colin Farrell. Correct. That makeup is the best makeup we're going to see all year. Correct. But there's not much for hairstyling in that film. If anything, uh, you know, Robert, Patton has, Robert Pattinson has very little hairstyling in that film at all. Right. <laughs> It's just, uh, but, like, you look at everybody's hair in Wakanda, you're like, fuck, their hairstyles are awesome. But I didn't notice the makeup as much. Once again, though, I, and this is uh, an odd omission of uh, everything everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- once again, mainly just for, uh, you would notice Stephanie Hsu, but, mm-hmm. once again, the the... Way they make, uh, not just with her costume, but with her makeup and hair, Jamie Lee Curtis look in that movie mm-hmm. is perfect. Yeah. She is very pale. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got the gut. <laughs> um, so I feel like that should be in this one. I agree. Uh, what, you're picking Elvis? I'm picking Elvis. All I right. think this is the one with, that they'll reward. I mean, it could very well get a bigger award, but I think this is the one that's it's going to win in just because it also goes through like the fifties, the sixties, the seventies. So it's got to get hairstyles from all those decades. And they love that shit. This is the one where I, well, I kind of have, I've, I've committed, I've committed in my head now that I was going to go out of, out of left field for, uh, and this is where we'll split and I'm going to pick the whale. Good choice. Um, and this might be the only thing the whale wins. Right. And and that's again. I'm I'm trying. <laughs> I'm probably way overthinking all of this. Uh, I feel yeah. like it's a thing, though. I do too. I feel like people look at these ballots and go, "Hey, I really want to reward this film, but it doesn't deserve this, this, or this." Here's one I can give it to. Yeah. Uh, so I, it's not like the makeup and was bad in that. It makes Brendan Fraser look like he's 500 pounds. Right. Right. Um, that one doesn't come out on. VOD until like next week too. Like, way to go, guys! Way to go, A twenty four. Come on. Well, and that one uh, it has kind of had an interesting response because uh, we talked earlier about like the the weird response to Babylon. Mm-hmm. That the whale, like every performance in it, is like you want to watch that performance. 
but the movie's just kind of fine. Yeah, but it's of, totally worth watching for yeah, the two leads. A, a lot of like larger movie critics are like, "This is this kind of offensive." Oh, really? Know? Yeah. Like you know, this is kind of offensive the way this is doing this. But uh, so after makeup is sound, sound is always kind of a nebulous mm. uh, category. I don't know that everyone agrees on what exactly counts as that. Uh, you got All Quiet, Avatar, The Batman, Elvis, and Top at least Gun. Would, at least it doesn't do sound design and sound <laughs> editing anymore. Right. Because, like... Nobody could... No one... Tell me what the you fuck get sound design definitions, is, then. You ask ten people. Right. Give me a, give me a mm-hmm. five-word explanation of what... Or a five-sentence explanation of what sound design is. Uh, All Quiet, Avatar, Batman, Elvis, Top Gun. I feel like it's going to be Top Gun in this one. Me too! Military movies usually do pretty well in this. I thought we were going to be different there, too. Yep. I was thinking you were going to say... Well, no, I guess I don't know what I thought you were going to say. My other one would have probably been All Quiet. Uh, the sound of the Batman is really good. Yes, it is. Because uh, so much of that movie is dark <laughs> that the sound is really important. Yep. Um yeah, I, the last time I watched it, I watched it with headphones on. It was awesome. Uh, original song. Uh, see, here's one I don't care about at all. I would love to see fucking Natu Natu win. I would love I think it. it's going to. It's got a good chance, because again, there it's a film that people seemed to love across the board. And this is their this only is chance. Uh, so anyway, the, it's uh, Applause from Tell It Like a Woman. I don't even know what Don't even is. know that movie. Yeah. I don't know that movie or song. Uh, Hold My Hand, that's the, the Lady, uh, Gaga. Lady Gaga song at the end of Top Gun. Uh, Lift Me Up is the Rihanna song at the yep. end of Black Panther. Natu Natu is the dance song. Um, and then This Is a Life from Everything Everywhere All at Once. I don't even know what that is. And I, and I watched the fucking movie One of yesterday. the things that I hate about this category is, like you said, there were many of them. It's so often the film, it's the song that plays at the end of the movie. Yeah. Which for me, I want it to be in the movie. Yeah. You know? Like, I want it to be shit like, you know, uh, what a feeling there from Flashdance. Right. Type thing, where it's, that song Old is... school, 80s. It is vital to the fucking movie somewhere. Yeah. You know? Uh, Fuck it, yeah, you convinced me. Nadu, Nadu. Because, uh, again, by my own reasoning, that's the only one I know of that is used in the middle of a movie for a point. Yeah. It's, well, it's a, it is a whole scene in the movie. Uh, did No Easy Way Out win the Oscar for Best Song in 1986? Probably not, but it should have. <laughs> it should have. Oh, uh, boy. Um, look, I love the Eagles coach, Nick Sirianni, but he is a fucking dork. <laughs> like a huge dork. He listens to No Easy Way Out when he's at the gym. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. You fucking dork. Uh, original score. Oh, See, this is one that just, this one is tough. For me, uh, we've got all quiet. Babylon, Banshees, everything, everywhere, and Fablemans. I'll straight up say I, I, I don't know if I noticed the score of everything all everywhere all at once I'm on my first and only viewing. You know what I noticed the score in was all quiet. All it was because it's that fucking yeah. noise that comes out of fucking nowhere sometimes. Well, it doesn't. It's the first time you hear it, it's jarring because it it's there's not much score in the film. Well, and 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 that style is more modern mm-hmm. like in modern movies yeah um think of your jonathan well, nolan's yeah. uh what's the other recent thing that kind of had that 
Dun, dun. Anyway, uh, so it, it's kind of usually in old war movies you get music that would fit that period. Yeah. Um, this stands out. No, you just get I have sounds. I have no idea, so that's why I'm going to go with the one that I like that I noticed. I'm gonna throw this one to the Fablemans. Because it's John Williams, and I don't think this film is going to get anything else. Oh, and he might not. This might be it for him. Yeah. This might be his last. So I feel like it's going to get that. That's a good one. Okay. I'm still going to stick with All Quiet, just because... Uh, see, for me, um, when uh, my kind of gauge of when a score is good is if, if I notice it. Because mm-hmm. if you don't notice it, it doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah. Uh, but it also means it didn't stand out. Right. Uh, Fablemans. Uh, international. international. I'm just... Yeah. Again, it's the whole, how can All Quiet not win? Right. Because it's the only one nominated for Best Picture. I did meant to watch uh, EO, because that just showed up on the Criterion channel, but I didn't. Well, when you go onto your account, you will see that I'm about 30 minutes into it. Oh, yeah. It's cute. Yeah. I mean, I... Okay, so I've seen All Quiet. I've seen the first 30 minutes of Argentina 1985. I've seen the first 30 minutes of EO. Uh, The Quiet Girl, I guess, is very good. Yeah. It's just infuriating that Decision to Leave is not on here. I know. It's mind-boggling. It's weird. Yeah. Because, like, just watch the trailer to that movie and you're like... Oh, the Oscars will love this. Yeah, it looks like a fucking Oscar movie. I don't get it. Yeah, um, I, I'm I'm guessing not enough people watched it, and they watched EO. <laughs> they watched the Quiet Girl. I don't know. <laughs> I, it's it's like so odd that like you 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 think something's up. Yeah, like what the hell's going on? Yeah, like did he did he did he do you guys dirty once? Yeah, more time? like what the fuck is do you going not, like, on? Chanuk? Like. Or do you feel like you've awarded Korea enough in recent years? Well, I mean, it's got every... It, it looks like... Like I said, it looks like an Oscar movie. It's from a... Well-respected filmmaker. Of the, I mean, if you can name more than one Korean director, you can name... Yep. <laughs> you know? So... Yeah. It's just... It's baffling. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I mean, obviously, All Quiet is the pick, I'm assuming, yeah. uh, for you, for the reason you just said, for the same reason that Parasite was. Um... I have seen, uh, I think it was actually Dan Merle, that was, he said, I know it makes, you know, it it seems like this is an obvious, but he said, I'm not sure that it is, just from the way people are talking. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'll finish the I would not be the least surprised if another one wins, just because, again, we're taking this also seriously, but the Oscars are sometimes very fucking stupid. Mm. And it's hard to take that into account. Yes. Like, I will still never forget... Or forgive 1999 mm. when you had fucking Michael Clark Duncan for the Green Mile. You had Tom Cruise in Magnolia. You had Haley Joel Osment for Six Sense. I'm missing another very important one there. Shit. Someone else who was also very very good in the film, and Michael Caine for the Cider House Rules. Are you looking it up? Yeah. Was it 1999? Oscars Best Supporting Actor 1999. As soon as it pops up, I'll be like, oh yeah, that's who. Oh, it would have been 2000 then, sorry. 
Michael Caine one. Is this gonna take me to the thingies? It's not taking me to the nominations. Probably easier to find on Wikipedia. Oh, you only hit two hundred too. You, then you missed a zero. Wait, what? You had two hundred best supporting actor. Oh, I got you. But they got me to the right place. Uh, winners and nominees. Best picture back to there. It is Jude Law uh, for Talented Mr. Ripley. That's okay. right. All four of those, I would have been like, "That's fucking awesome." Nope, gave it to Michael Caine. Yeah, and I was just like, "What the ever-loving fuck?" Especially considering you went with like Angelina Jolie and Girl Interrupted. You went with like a really, you know, I, I can't say out of left field because it's not. That's a whole. That category is interesting as shit for all of those. It kind of was though, because um, she was like twenty-one at the time, yeah. right? But I mean, like S- Samantha Morton, Chloe Sevigny in Boys Don't Cry, Tony Collette in Six Sense, Catherine Keener. Those are all weird choices. Yeah. There's not, like, you know, I feel like if, you know, I hate to, like, say, if Meryl Streep had been nominated for something that year for Best Supporting, she probably would have won. Right. Um, yeah, because it felt like 1999 was such an interesting year, and they went with so many, they went with a lot of safe choices. Meryl Streep was nominated that year, by the way. For Music of the Heart, a terrible fucking uh, movie. I have never, I don't know who Janet McTeer is, and I have never heard of Tumbleweeds. Yes. End of the Affair, Julianne Moore. There's, there's a lot of interesting choices in a lot of these categories. And far too often they were given to, for oh, me, what felt like Jordan. very safe choices. Uh, Neil Jordan did the, I was kind of excited because I didn't even know it existed. Uh, but they made a new Philip Marlowe movie. Uh, but it sucks. Neil Jordan did it? I guess. Wow. Okay. Um, unless I'm misremembering. Hold on. Man, my mouse, I think my mouse battery is dying. Uh, this will be the best way to do it. Yeah, it's on... Um, it's streaming on something. Yeah. With Liam Neeson? Yeah. How about that? And Diane Kruger, Jessica Lang, Danny Houston. Uh, great cast. 2.3 right now. Oof. Yeah. yeah. And I love a prime example of how a deeply mediocre script can yeah. be elevated by a director who knows how to make a movie. So, yeah, sounds like... Who wrote the script? What is the crew? Uh, I don't know, but he's... Uh, Neil George and William Monaghan. Really? Um, William Monaghan did a bad job writing a Marlowe script? That's interesting. Oh, goodness. Yeah. yeah I mean, I would, I would expect it to be... I mean, if someone just said, oh, it's a passable script. But, I mean, The Departed, Kingdom of Heaven, Body of Lies, Edge of Darkness. You know, he's written in some fairness, good stuff, and he's written some fine stuff. In fairness, I've never seen The Tender Bar. I have not either, but... I've not seen Kingdom of Heaven either. Uh, watch the director's cut. Uh, Mojave, I have meant to watch. Yep. Oh, I see uh, Colin Farrell. Yeah. I am surprised then that the script is mediocre. Hmm. Did we want to see anything else from the 2000 Oscars? No. Jesus, four hours and nine minutes. Yeah. Look at that bullshit. Mm hmm. Uh, we left off. Uh, we were bitching about international, then on to documentary. I've only seen uh, one. Uh,. I think it's between that one and the Navalny one. I'm going with Fire of Love. It's available right now on Disney+. Plus, uh, and it's cool. 
I really liked it. Uh, Navalny is available on uh, HBO, so those are both Ooh, available. 99% Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I'm going with yeah. Navalny, but I think it's between those two. And I'll go Fire of Love. Why the fuck not? Animated feature. This is actually a pretty good one. Yeah, this... From everything I've read, I... Well, I mean, look at those scores. They're all in the 90s. High mm. 90s, like mid to high 90s. Right now, uh, I don't know if you realize this, right now, Puss in Boots is number 100 on the Letterbox Top 250. <laughs> it is number 100! I, I, a lot of people that I follow on Twitter are like, how the fuck is Puss in Boots so good? It is... Uh, it's between, like... Well, I'll get there. Um, why is it coming up like that? I can't. I can't fucking do this website. I got to do it on my phone. Sorry. <laughs> um, while we're doing that, though, so animated feature. It's really good. Uh, yeah. You've got yeah. You got Pinocchio. Uh, you've got the Marcel, Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo one. del Toro. Pinocchio. <laughs> Pinocchio. You've got uh, Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red. So you've got a again just a, a lot of quality when um I, and when it's I, usually this is like this is like oh well pixar's gonna win this year yeah and these are like it's it's usually it's i think usually, the only one that won't doesn't have a shot at winning is sea beast. beast agreed i don't think marcella shell with shoes on will win but i mean i i'm picking guillermo the toros pinocchio because oscar loves guillermo um, and as we've seen, it's very possible to make a terrible fucking Pinocchio film. Right, because there were three this year. Yeah. Um, but there's there's a lot of, like, swell for uh, Puss in Boots. Like, more and more people are watching that and going, this is really fucking good. <laughs> I, I think this might be an example of uh, Puss in Boots, I, I have not seen it yet, I'm actually pretty anxious to see it, um, may well be a better movie. Yeah. But Pinocchio will win. Yeah, because again, Puss in Puss Boots, Boots is like the fourth Puss in Boots film is with a, Puss in Boots in it. Puss in Boots is a fucking Shrek side character uh, yeah. on a on a franchise that is frankly well past its prime. Well past its prime. Meanwhile, you've got Guillermo del Toro making a gorgeous yeah. uh, Pinocchio movie. I mean, uh, you want to hear what's in the neighborhood of Puss in Boots: sure. The Last Witch on the top two fifty? Uh, One flew over the cuckoo's nest. The pianist. The Seventh Seal, <laughs> No Country for Old Men, Farewell My Concubine, Chungking Express, Shining, yeah. Singing in the Rain, All About Eve, and Puss in Boots. There you go, Puss in Boots. <laughs> Look at you. You're, I mean, there's a bunch of foreign shit in there, too. But You are out-punching your weight class. But, now. I mean, just the shit that's the, the like, all-time, like, masterpiece-style classics that are in here. Yeah, and you know, you when I think of what competes with a Bergman film, it's right? Puss in Boots. Puss in Boots. Uh... It would be so funny if it was right between No Country and Seventh Seal. That would be great. <laughs> so uh, fi let's five-star the shit out of it and bump it up two spots. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Put some boots. But, uh, yeah, I think, once again, maybe maybe it's not even the best. Uh, now, I say that, and I, I really like Pinocchio. Um, yeah, because I've just seen Pinocchio and Turning Red. I actually forgot that Turning Red came out this year. Yeah. I would have, if you would ask me, I would have said it, it was two like, years what, ago. Like February, January? Yeah, it must have been. Um, Pinocchio. Page two. 
Uh, adapted. adapted screenplay. Now, we talked about this earlier, uh, a couple whatevers ago, um, that Glass Onion is an odd... Yeah. Uh, feels odd in there because it's an original story. Yeah, it's not adapted from shit. But part of the rule is anything that is based on a previously established character will be considered adapted. That's why... Uh, the Dark Knight was an adapted screenplay. That's why Top Gun Maverick uh, is. That's why Top Gun Maverick is. Um, so it actually happens a lot. We just, I guess, never have... Yeah. It's never been this kind of glaring before that like none of these feel uh, adapted. But you've got All Quiet... Yeah, because uh, only one of them hasn't had a prior movie before. Women Talking? Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, all Quiet based on a book, but also... There was also the, a very, very good movie yeah. from, like, the 30s. Yeah, 1936. Um, I... I'm... Wait, what's Living? I don't know what Living is. That's the is. one that's the Akira Kurosawa, Akira Kurosawa remake of oh, Ikaru. Oh, right, right, okay. So um, right, and that's what he got nominated for. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with Glass Onion. Alright. I'm going Women Talking. I know it's recency bias because I just watched it yesterday, but that that film that is the most descriptive title of any film ever. <laughs> it is women. Talking. It is literally just women. The whole plot of the film is it's like I don't know exactly if they're not Amish, they're not, but they're, Quakers, uh, but they're a they're set, just they're Mennonites. Yeah, Mennonites. They live in a community. It takes place in 2010. There's, there's a bunch of Mennonites in Millinocket. Yeah, uh, Robin used to they used to come into the clinic when she was in Millinocket. Um, and the women have been getting sexually abused for years by the elders and by men in this community. And they, but they were always gaslit and like, you dreamed it, you, this didn't really happen, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was the Holy Ghost. Of course it was. And they're finally realizing what happens and they're, they have three options. They can stay and pretend nothing and forgive. They can leave or they can fight back. And the entire film is them over the course of like a day and a half having discussions out. on what they're going to do. And it is literally just women. Oh man, if they talking. choose violence, that's going to make a hell of a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've decided. You guys are fucked. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I did watch the trailer. Uh, it was women talking. Yeah. And that's that is, all it that's, is. That's the whole trailer, too. That's all it is. Uh, but it's, I mean, it. Again, incredibly acted. Um, just be- uh, but great no, film. Uh, but no, Frances McDormand she, nomination. She's not in it enough. Okay, she is literally because you that, would think this would be lined literally up. Literally in that film for three minutes. Oh, okay. Um, I am. See, st- they tricked me in the trailer. I say I am stunned that a couple of the that like Claire Foy or um, shit, the one who was in Men. No, what the fuck's her name? Hold on. Um, while you're looking that up, the uh, another one that you, it, I don't think it has, it doesn't have a chance in hell of winning. Uh, people were even kind of laughing at the fact that it got nominated. But again, um, not understanding what the award is, uh, Top Gun. That is a wonderful screenplay. Yeah. Uh, it's Those, perfect for what it is, what yeah, it needs to be. Yeah, you you're in the whole time. That yeah. could have I, I, when we talked about it before when I got nominated. That could have veered so hard in a couple different directions that just made it unwatchable. 
The three actresses were Rooney, Rooney Mara, Claire mm-hmm. Foy, and Jesse Buckley. I think Rooney Mara is in every single one of those movies <laughs> somewhere. Um, I mean, there's a lot of fin- lots of other like Frances McDormand barely in it, but yeah. she's great when she's there. A young lady named Kat, uh, Michelle McLeod was really fucking good. An old older lady named Sheila McCarthy. Like it's got everybody from like 14 up to like the eldest women in, in the colony all in. The, in on the discussions. Well, it's not just called old women talking. That's true. It's, it's women. all women talking. Um, including a trans man. Ah. Which they handle very well, hmm. I thought. Um, yeah, it's... And again, it's one of these films where it's like, this is really good. It's not going to win Best Picture. It did not get a Best Director nominee for Sarah Pauly, even though I think it should have. I probably would have given that the Best Director over Spielberg. Yeah. Um, this is the one chance I think that they can reward it. And adapted screenplay is the screenplay categories are often where they're going to reward something that's not going to win anything else. Yeah, you know, uh, Tarantino's won a couple of these. Yeah, you know, um, before he started getting the best picture shit, you know, the Cone Brothers. This is what they were known for before they started getting the best picture wins. They always got the win for a screenplay. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. It's often where they're going to reward the the person who's not quite there yet in the best picture. Um, So for me, it's women talking. Okay. Uh, Original, we have Banshees of Inishirin, Everything Everywhere, Fableman's, Tar, and Triangle Sadness. Basically, the top five, uh, well, I guess without Elvis, uh, best picture favorites, I would say. Yeah. I think this might be uh, kind of what you were just talking about for Banshees. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like this is its best shot. Yeah. I feel like Everything Everywhere is going to win just because it's a very showy screenplay. Mm-hmm. And this is the category where weird shit often wins. You know, this is where Charlie Kaufman gets his wins. This is where, you know... And it's so funny because I was listening to a podcast that talked about, you know, well, the Banshees of Inishina is a very... You know, it's it's a normal screenplay. They're like, oh, and the other person goes, oh, you mean the one where a guy cuts off his own fingers, right, to spite his friend? They're like, oh, I guess it's not quite that normal. Um, but I mean, it's Martin McDonough. He's a known screenwriter, right? That's his thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that it is about a guy that cuts all his fingers off, and you don't for one second doubt it. <laughs> yeah. Everything so you're not else surprised when he everything does everything else in that movie is so well grounded, and then a guy throws his fucking fingers at a door, and yeah. you're like, "Yeah, I believe that." Said he would. Yep, man of his word. That's a winner to me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, uh, did you want everything? I want ever- everything everywhere okay. for this one. I just we're gonna have very different results. I know. Um, yeah, I, I, the screenplay ones I, I are like. I feel like for me, those are often the most interesting ones. Yeah. Agreed. Because I, that's that's where you get kind of, you can kind of be like, oh, that's my favorite story. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, um, it's like, for me, it goes best picture and then the screenplays and often the screenplays are the, the movies I like more. Yeah. If you compare who won like best original screenplay compared to best picture, if they're different, I almost always like the screenplay better. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Uh, now we're getting into the big ones. Yeah. Uh, actor in a sporting role, uh, Brendan Gleeson. Brian Tyree Henry, which was got right in under the wire. Yeah. Judd Hirsch, uh, Barry Keown, and Kihui Kwan. Um, this one's... He has this, literally won everything. This is legit. This is the, I think, as close to a lock as there is yeah. on the 
I think there the was like side. one major award he did. I don't think he was. I don't think he won the BAFTA. The BAFTA, yeah. Which it's not surprising that Barry, Barry Keogh did because the BAFTAs are British. Hence the B and BAFTA. Yeah. Uh, I apologize if you haven't noticed. I'm still getting over my cold, so you're hearing a lot of creaking of my Hall's cherry and <laughs> coughing my head off. Uh, yeah, um, this is going to go to Kihui Kwan. Um, the two Banshees uh, actors were always going to cannibalize themselves. No one has seen Causeway, and uh, that would leave Judd Hirsch. Sadly, though, he could win. Yeah. Because uh, we, we know how much the Oscar loves their old white guys. Yeah. They really do. So if that happens, I will be incredibly upset. I would not be surprised. I just, I can't, I can't see it. No, I can't. Uh, it's it's literally like Kihi Kwan has won for everything yeah. this year, and like he he is the feel good story. Like if if everything everywhere doesn't win anything else and wins for that, it's still going to be considered a success for that film. Sadly, <sighs> but I don't know if it will. Well, at this point. I when that the, film first came out. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. No one would have predicted that this film would get this many nominations at the beginning. Right. Everyone uh, was talking about, fucking Short Round is back. Yeah, he and he's terrific yeah. in that movie. Uh, he kind of plays two different characters. Uh, I mean, they all kind of do. But yeah. him, more than anyone else, is is two different people. Switching on the most in the same scene. Yeah. Um, and, and, and being in that character for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, actress in a supporting role, Angela Bassett, uh, Hong Chow for The Whale, Carrie Condon, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Stephanie Hsu. Uh, same thing is going to happen in supporting. You're going to get the two everything everywhere, uh, cannibalizing themselves. Uh, I've seen, I've seen more than one person say that it should go to Hong Chow, but it won't. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's between, I don't know, I feel like Jamie Lee Curtis has a, I said they would cannibalize each other, but I think it's between Angela Bassett, Carrie Condon, Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm giving it to Carrie Condon. That's I think, who, I think that is who is, I want to win. I think this is the one where Banshees wins it. Okay. Because, again, it's a expertly acted film. I think it's between she's her. Off, she owns every scene she's in. Yes. Uh, I think it's between her and Angela Bassett. Um, Which, again, Angela Bassett is fine in Black Panther. I've seen her but, be better in so many uh, more things. Yeah, that's that's kind of the way I feel. And But but this might be a Lifetime Achievement mm-hmm. Oscar. Like, um, hey, we kind of screwed you over from what Slove got to do with it yeah, 30, 30 years, years ago. <laughs> so, well, we're going to reward you now. It's... Yeah, it's hard for me to... Uh, I mean, like you said, she's she's... Exactly yeah. what she needs to be in but, that movie, but, but like, and but the thing, Jamie Lee's got a lot going for her. Mm-hmm. Never been nominated before. Mm-hmm. Daughter of Hollywood fucking royalty. Nepo baby. Nepo baby. But she she plays into it. She's like, of course I'm a fucking Nepo baby. Like most people get their start in this business are Nepo babies. Mm-hmm. Um, she owns it. Um, and again, Oscar loves their white people. Yep. <laughs> uh, so are you going with Carrie Condon? I'm going with Carrie Condon. I think this is the one where the Banshees is going to get rewarded. My gut says Angela Bassett, but I 
I want Carrie Condon to win because of the ones that I've seen, I've seen everything but the whale. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, part of, uh, and I don't know. I, so my hesitation of picking her is uh, that was my favorite movie from this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I've said that today, but uh, and those the four. I mean, I know the, the four main characters are all so good mm-hmm. that like I don't know I almost don't want to do it but I'm going to um not that it matters so I will also choose Carrie Condon but I, I think we would both say that either it wouldn't be a surprise if uh, Angela Bassett or Jamie Lee Curtis no. it would be a surprise if one of the other two did but again we're talking best supporting roles right this is the one where Miss Marissa Tomei wins this is the one where right uh, Mira Sorvino wins. It's this can be a very shocking category from right. time to time. But again, I can't say that they all deserve the nomination because again, I thought Angela Bassett was fine. Yeah, in Wakanda Forever. Um, but from what I've heard, you know, er, th- the other three out of the four that I've seen there, they all deserve it. Yeah, hard to get mad at any of those winning it. Yeah, uh, actor in leading role. Austin Butler uh, for Elvis, Colin Farrell for Banshees, Brendan Fraser Fraser for The Whale, uh, Paul Mescal for After Sun, and Bill Nye for Living. Uh, I think Paul Mescal and Bill Nye. Thanks for showing up, boys. It was nice. Enjoy your gift bag. Yep. Um, you are allowed with... to go to one Oscar after party. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you? I, I just saw a thing yesterday about like what's in those gift bags. That like they insane only amounts of shit. It's just uh, the the uh, the four main acting categories or the four acting categories: director and then the producers of the best picture. Yeah. They get the the big one, but it's like four hundred grand. Yeah. So the people that least need it. Yeah. Uh, there's like I think last year but probably was, like the newest iPhone is like the dollar treat. The, <laughs> yeah, in it. the little yeah. snack you get. Uh, yeah, like that, that's that's the equivalent of a kid's birthday. You get the Hershey's Kiss or the ring that you get out of the right. machine. Uh, there was a a week at an Irish castle resort thing in there that was like a hundred thousand dollars, and like Kirsten Dunst and uh, what's his name, they got two weeks because they were both nominated. <laughs> and um, the was it the year before that both Javier Bardem and Penelope Cruz were nominated? So these motherfuckers are getting double vacations. Yep. Um, I guess it pays to get nominated. Although you should alternate if you were married, you'd want to be like alternating your nominations if you could pick. Then you yeah. could get one every year. Uh, but anyway, um, how did we get in? Oh, that those two don't have a chance. Yeah. Um, Again, I want cost Colin Farrell too, but I don't think he will. Mm-hmm. I think it's between Austin Butler and Brendan Fraser. I think it's going to go to Austin Butler because, again, he he is good in it. Yeah, he is. Th- this is the thing that was it's a little frust- annoying that he wouldn't stop doing it. Oh, what the frustrating? Yeah, the frustrating <laughs> part about that film is there's not enough. He doesn't get enough scenes to show that he can actually act. Yeah, because so much of the film, it's either him singing, which he is the one singing in the film. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And. Uh, or stuff about the colonel. Like, the, the scenes where he's, like, where it's a difficult situation where he's, you know, fighting with the colonel or fighting with, um, Christ, Priscilla, they're good scenes. They're not enough of them in the, in the movie for him to really show off what he could do with it. Yeah. Um, I still think he'll win it because Hollywood loves their fucking music biopics. And, yeah. Hey, he looks and sounds like Elvis. Give it to him. 
Yeah. Um, honestly, I want Colin Farrell to win. As much as I love Brendan Fraser and will be so fucking happy for him if he does. Yeah. I think... I think Brendan Fraser... I mean, I think uh, Colin Farrell's fucking phenomenal. Because he's yeah. he's got the understated role yeah. in that film. And he just owns it. Just the way he holds his face the entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> is... He's a different person. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and it's like, oh, no, really, guys, this is one of the most handsome, charismatic men on the planet. <laughs> and he just looks like a schlub the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, great sweaters, though. Oh, yeah. They all have great sweaters. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I, also, of the, I mean, I've seen one of the movies. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to pick Brendan Fraser. Because I think uh, Hollywood also loves their, this story. Yeah, their they love it when actors get ugly for a role. Yeah. Oh yes. Uh, so, uh, but you're 100 percent right on the on the. I mean, you don't even have to go back what, two years to find the last time they gave an Oscar to. Oh my God, he's playing a real person. Uh, and he didn't even sing. And he didn't even sing. Well, I mean, it's easier to impersonate Elvis than, yeah, it, than is it is to Freddie Mercury. Mercury. Um, actress in a leading role. This is another tough one. This one's interesting, but I think it's only between two people. Me as well. Kate uh, Blanchett for Tar, Anna de Armas for Blonde, Andrea Riseborough for To Leslie, uh, Michelle Williams for The Fablements, and Michelle Yeoh. Um, yeah, this is a two-person race. Yeah, it was. I think it was a surprise that Anna de Armas was nominated. I think yeah. that was a little... Because, again... Uh, uh, again, I mean, that film is reviled. Yeah, people hate that I have yet movie. to hear anybody say this is a really yeah. good film. People hate that movie. Uh, the Andrea Riseborough thing was really weird, because, first of all, no one's seen it, and then people bitched about how... It was her friend's... Word got out. Her... Po- her, her yeah, so what? Who gives a shit? That's, how, that's how everybody gets nominated Who for shit. Who gives a shit? Because <laughs> um, you didn't pay the right people. But, yeah, this is very much like, you know, Paul Mescal. It's, uh, hey, you were, yeah. good, you were in a good little film. Yep. Way to go. Here you go. Next. Enjoy. See, now she could maybe use the gift basket. Yeah. Or the gift bag. Uh, Michelle Williams gets nominated for everything she does. Um, deservedly so, usually. <laughs> and in this case, also deservedly so. Yeah. Uh, from what you said. Yeah, no, she is She is very... She is the the focal point of the Fablemans as far as, like, the real dramatic shit in that movie. Um... So it's felt like for really since the nomination that it was Kate Blanchett, uh, but I feel like it's swinging back. Yeah, it, this is another one where they've between the two, like major like award precursors, they're kind of splitting the vote between them. Yeah, um, I think it's going to go to Michelle Yeoh. Me too. Mostly because okay, Kate Blanchett's going to get a nomination again. She's fucking great in everything she ever does. Yeah, you know. Michelle Yeoh, this is her first nomination. She is, I think, I don't think she got nominated for Crouching Tiger. No. Um, I say that confidently. I don't fucking know. Um, but even so, if if, if she was Actually, nominated for that, Actually, we would have seen that, it. Wasn't that 2000? something years. It was, yeah, that, well, that would have we been 2001. Okay. Um, um, but again, she's, you know, it's her movie. Mm-hmm. Everything Everywhere All at Once is her film and if she's bad in it that film is bad yeah uh i th- and i think she's great yeah um i think she will win i think they'll reward her um yeah the, the difference like you said with kate blanchett she'll be back in a year or two with whatever she does because that's the type of thing this is the type of role she takes uh 
Michelle Yeoh needed this role. Yeah. Uh, because it's not the type of movie... It's not the type of role she normally takes. Not that she's... Or gets even offered. Or gets offered, right. Yeah. Um, Which I love, though, right now in the Criterion channel, they've got, like, eight Michelle Yeoh films on there. Oh, really? Highlighted. I have... Because, uh, she's always been awesome. <laughs> like, she's my favorite thing about the Bond film she was in. Was that Tomorrow Never Tomorrow Dies? Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah. Whereas, like, can we just sideline Bond? I can't keep watching her. <laughs> She's way more awesome than he is. <laughs> uh, directing. Uh, you've Ooh. got Martin McDonough for Banshees, uh, the Daniels for Everything Everywhere, uh, Spielberg for The Fablemans, Todd Field for Tar, and Ruben Ostlund for Triangle of Sadness. Um, I mentioned earlier, Triangle of Sadness, I am 40 minutes in. They have not... Do they crash? Do they sink? What are they There's doing? A, there is a storm, and they overturn. Okay. I'm not there Which, yet, but I'm very close. He's you will never see more vomit on screen ever. <laughs> well, this is somebody. I think it was in the uh, the honest trailer. Uh, they do an Oscar cut up mashup type thing, yeah. and they mentioned how many vomits there were. So many vomits just across every movie. Yeah. All the yeah. uh, all the nominees were. Uh, it, it was a big year for vomit uh, <laughs> at the Oscars. Um, yeah, he's just had um, Triangle Sign is about. Uh, these two model slash influencers that get gifted this cruise on this super exclusive yacht with Russian billionaires and yeah, a bunch of weird Rus- uh, weird rich people. Uh, they're insufferable mm-hmm. uh, at this point. Uh, I can't stand either one of them. That's the whole point, though, is eventually they get their comeuppance. Yeah. It takes a long time to get there. Uh, I really hate them both. Uh, yeah. Especially more him than her. Mm-hmm. Um I can't even think of what his name is in the movie. I, I just fucking started watching it last night. Uh, uh, not nearly enough Woody Harrelson in that film. I have only, at this point, I have only heard Woody. Yes, I have not seen him yet. Um, it is funny the opening credits, <laughs> the way the way uh, the names pop up. Uh, a lot of them two, three at a time. At the end, at the end, it takes up the whole fucking screen and Woody Harrelson. <laughs> it's very funny. Um, I, I don't know. I'm I, I, I the easy choice for me is what I think is going to win Best Picture, which is Everything Everywhere. Yeah. But again, for many years in a row, they split this. Mm. But I... I, I, I but don't, I don't know what else I would I don't with. know how you can't give it to the Daniels. Like, this film looks much more expensive than it is. Mm. Yeah. Um, just has... You know, it's juggling multiple universes. <laughs> you know? Uh, lots of... Sp- Lots of times the screen is split up and divided into a billion different things. Right. It's like, how how did they actually make this? It's the only film where I've looked at and go, how did they actually fucking make this? Mm. Um, I mean, and it's tough to go against a guy like Todd Field, who has only directed three films, and they've all been Best Picture nominees and all been Best Director nominees. Um, but I don't think he's going but to he had, win. But he didn't win no. any other time. No. Um but like here's a guy, he makes a film like every every ten years and it's fucking phenomenal. Would it be between? I mean, if if not Daniels, would it be between? I think McDonough, obvious, honestly. I was gonna say McDonough and Spielberg. Yeah, probably. Just because it's Spielberg. Um, it's Spielberg, and it's the best film he's made in a bit. What was the last really good? Well, well. I, I say it, it's been like six years. Was probably. he nominated for the bridge one? Yeah. 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 That wasn't that long ago, was it? Mm. 
you could say anywhere from three to ten years, and I would believe you. Yeah, I think it's been like five. Yeah. That feels right. 20, 2018. Yeah. Hey, Google. When was Bridge of Spies? Is that what it was called? According to Wikipedia, Bridge of Spies is a 2015 historical Holy shit, eight directed years. and co-produced by Steven Spielberg, written by Matt Cohen okay. and the Coen Brothers. Hey, Google. Brothers. Stop. The Coen Brothers wrote that? What? I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I think it would be between those those three, probably. I feel like we're not, uh, and again, you're the only one that's seen it, um, appreciating Tar. We're kind of dismissing it maybe more than we should. It, it Again, it's a great film. Because would it shock but you if it won those top three? Yes, 100% it would. Would it shock you if it won one of those top three? No. Would it shock you if it won two of them? Yes. Okay. So yeah, it's it's one of those films where it's a pure acting showcase. Yep. I mean, it's a great film, but no one is going, no one is talking about that film really, other than a holy shit, Kate Blanchett is so good in this. Yeah. Because she is, she's that good in it that, you know, the directing and writing are almost overlooked because she's just kind so of good. like what people would say about Michael Pare. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when they're just that fucking magnetic. When it's like, look. I loved Rick Moranis, but you could not take your eyes off Michael Bray. Um Best Picture? Ugh. So Best Picture, uh, it, ten nominees. Um, I don't know that it needs to be. I, I I got it when they did it, but now I feel like you're nominating ten, but how many are really... Yeah. Uh, we got All Quiet, Avatar, Banshees, Elvis, Everything Everywhere, Fableman's, Tar, Still Top Gun. Me that fucking hell. Triangle of Sadness and Women Talking. But, I mean, everything that I just named, we have already said yeah. at least at least three other times. But, like, here's the weird thing. Like, I am I am the target audience for Baz Luhrmann films. Mm -hmm. I fucking, you know, Moulin Rouge is one of my top five films of all time. Right. You know, I, I really enjoyed Gatsby. I really, I even liked Australia, which no one liked. But, like... I love his fucking movies. I love his visual sense. And even watching this film, I'm like, this is not that good. <laughs> um, there's a lot about this film that I actually fucking hate. <laughs> Which, if there are things in a film that you could talk about how much you hate something in it, yeah, probably shouldn't be in that category of best picture. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But even uh, with all that, you still gave it a three and a half, right? Yeah. Because yeah. again, there are some stuff. I, I the performances are phenomenal when he's performing the music. Austin was really good, and the cinematography is really good. Um, and I like a lot of how it's handled. But again, I can get rid of all the Tom Hanks shit. Yeah, stop it from taking you know covering three different decades. How long is the movie? Is it two and a half hours? Yeah. That's about when I start getting annoyed, is two yeah. and a half. Uh, but I, I guess... But if you're going to do... So what you're saying is they could have just done Vegas and maybe made this an hour and 50 minutes. Yep, and it would have been great. Yeah. Because that's when shit really started. I mean, again, it's I like the darker stories better. But, you know, you, you could have also done it, like, up until, like, some of his TV performances where he, like, they threatened to arrest him. Yeah. And shit like that. That just get, like... 30 seconds of screen time, but it could have made like for a really good dramatic film. Uh, is that the only one that uh, stands out as it shouldn't be there? Um, 
I wouldn't have put Triangle of Sadness in there either. No? Like I said, I enjoyed it. I think I gave it like a four, maybe even a four and a half. There's a yeah. lot of cool shit about it. Yeah. I wouldn't have put it up there. Because again, where's Decision to Leave? Right. You know? Right. Where Where's that? F- it's... I was going to go to... What's my quickest way of doing this? Uh, probably on my phone. Um, yeah, it, it's. It was. I thought it was a really good year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to. My, it, uh, I was just going to go to my like, rankings too for the year to see like other five star pictures that I think like should have been in there. That's what I want to do. I want to go to uh, all of my movies and just look at this year, right? Or 2022. I notice you have yet to watch a uh, 2023 movie. Meanwhile, I have seen one. <laughs> uh, now I want to rank them. By yeah, see, like, I, like, why isn't RRR in there? You know? Nope. Nope should have been yeah. in there um, over some of these. I have... The, I, my the, Nor- row, the Northman would have never gotten in there, but no. My top row of 2022s are Banshees, Everything Everywhere, RRR, Glass Onion, Decision to Leave, Nope, Top Gun, Northman, Batman, All mm. Quiet, and then that Vengeance movie that was pretty good, uh, and then Pinocchio, mm. uh, Massive Talent. I don't know. That would have been that would have never gotten. Up. Well, it could have. I, I could have seen a like a best supporting for, for Pedro for Pedro. <laughs> yeah, couldn't you? Yeah. Uh, can you do mine yeah. for this? I don't think it's going to be that different, honestly. Bullet Train, I can't believe. Didn't get... I loved Bullet Train. Did you train. know there's a Bullet Train Funko? Ooh, really? Yeah, the Brad Pitt character has a Funko. I, nice. I picked it up for Andrew the other, like, a week or so ago. Uh, Prey, I forgot. I mean, obviously, yeah. that's, that's not Oscar-worthy, uh, yeah. but Prey was really good that it was this But, year. I mean, yeah, look where, like, Wakanda Forever is. And... Yeah. Uh, is this Harris Goes to Paris? <laughs> I can't believe uh, Confess Fletch didn't get any, any <laughs> love. Uh... Uncharted? Okay. Uh, over to yours. Um, I don't want to do it that way. I want to go to all. Sorry, the website's fucking not the way to do this. Decade, 20s, 2022. Sort by Dan's rating. All right, so you had All Quiet, your top row. Holy shit, how many you got? You got 78. How many? Did you notice how many I had? It was like no. 40, maybe. Um, All Quiet, Fableman's Glass Onion. What is that one? I can't even see it. Clark, oh, that's Clerks Clark 3. 3. Which, uh, that's not getting nominated. No. <laughs> uh, although, didn't he get a screenplay at some point? Uh, might something? have for The Witch, maybe? Or Lighthouse? Maybe, um, well, maybe for The Lighthouse. Everything Everywhere, Women Talking. Um, so, yeah, I did give Triangle of Sadness. That's the documentary on horror films. Oh, okay. Uh, Triangle of Sadness, Tar, Violent Night, um, which is now streaming, but I figure i got to wait until next Christmas. Yeah, you can wait. It's on Peacock. Uh, hopefully it's still there, because um, Robin wants to watch it, too. Uh, then you've got Banshees, uh, Decision to Leave, Barbarian, Top Gun, Prey, Nope, uh, Thor... Massive Talent, RRR, Men, Men X, X, Batman, Batman, Wakanda, yeah. Fire Love. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of choices I would have put ahead. 
I mean, not and not necessarily stuff that I. I mean, I definitely would have had Nope in the top ten. Yeah, that would I would have, have been, had Nope up there. Because uh, again, that Nope should have been nominated in a lot of shit. That why wasn't that up there for cinematography? Yeah, it's weird. Again, I mean, Hollywood, know, that that one could have been up there. Hollywood for Hollywood loves their yeah. movies about movies. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Uh, what else? Anything else? No. All right. Well, there's our Oscar predictions. We were different on quite a few of them, so we'll see. Did how we actually happens. say what we're? Oh yeah, everything everywhere all at once is going to win. Yeah, I don't yeah. think we actually said, did we? Um, I didn't. <laughs> I did. Everything everywhere. All I had once. written it, it down. should win. Yeah. Um, I would not be surprised if All Quiet pulled out a win. I know that, but that's. Uh, Dan Merle, he mentioned that, that don't be shocked, because there seems to be a a recent upswell for oh, All Quiet. War films. Yeah. Well, my thing with All Quiet was, um, and I can't remember which, uh, there were a couple good reviews for it. Uh, one of them, I, said, I told you, uh, referred to it as Come and See C+. Plus. Yeah. <laughs> great. Which I think don't is hilarious. Don't agree with it, but great review. Which I think it's hilarious. Um I do feel like, though, I mean, I gave it a four. I did like it. Um, I do feel like it is, it has been done a lot, and it has been done better. That, mm-hmm. I mean, Come and See is the example. Um, which is why I couldn't give it a four and a half, because I gave Come and See a four and a half. Uh, so I couldn't very well... It is not as good as Come and See. It didn't make though. sense to me to, to, to give it any higher than that. But I did like it, and you're right, they, uh, Hollywood loves their war oh, movie. Puss in Boots is now on Peacock. <gasps> Guess what I'm doing this afternoon. Little P.I.B. The Last Wish. <laughs> oh, nice. That's good. That's good. All right. Now I have something to do today. Uh, I, then I, I might change my vote for... I'll let you know if I change my vote for... Uh, no, I won't. Because I, I, I do think that that's uh, what will win. Uh, the Pinocchio one. All right. So we'll check back next week and see how dumb we are. Right? Yeah. All right.